0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the Osobuco a la Milanese of the West Coast, Los Angeles, California. And joining me here in the Cita degli Angeli is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I've got my needless man jewelry ready
0: today. <laughs> yeah, you do look more blinged out than normal. And Joining us from the lukewarm beefaroni of Southern California, the Inland Empire, is my other co-host, John. John, what's happening?
2: I'm just going to stand around
0: and quote other movies. (laughs) I mean, isn't that what we do here? So we watched the Sopranos season one. And John, how would you tell somebody you had watched the Sopranos without using the title?
2: I'd say I checked out, analyze these casino fellas, the series. (laughs) I like you're stepping
1: on my turf a little bit. I was going to say, did
2: I steal? I have something (laughs) else. Okay, good. I have something else, but it's just way worse if I, yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, we're going to stop stepping
0: on you, Jules. Uh, if the producers had asked you to come up with a different title for this landmark series, what would it be? Well,
1: I went with so many different options for this, but um, in the end, I, I got suckered into one, which is It's a Jersey, Bada Bing! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ah. oh that's so good it gets so worse good. the
3: more i think
2: about it exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a jersey
2: but by- it's a jersey by the <laughs> okay oh
0: fuck i mean do you, do you do you even want to let us know about the other ones or are you gonna like go out on top no here? i
1: think i'm gonna go out on top i think i think can drop the mic right there How the hell are we going to rip on such a well-written and acted (laughs) and cinematographied and pretty much everything TV show? (laughs) Oh, we are completely screwed. This is going to be the least funny episode we have ever done.
2: And
1: (laughs) get ready for some bad comedy, people.
2: That's most episodes.
1: (laughs) That's our tagline. (laughs) It's like try to make fun of the godfather
0: like it really is yeah. it's gonna be so hard but we we have to try because they've got the the many saints of newark coming out which is why we decided to take this on will we be hoisted by our own petard well we're just gonna have to find out so uh yeah as we just mentioned this is a cultural juggernaut you can measure time in pre-sopranos and post sopranos so yeah what are, what are your guys experiences is watching this, did you did y'all watch it when it came out?
1: Yeah, I was I was kind of upset because I didn't get to watch it. I'm not sure if it was because oh, okay. it came out later in England or something but I'd certainly heard about it and I finally got to watch it during the pandemic and I, I loved it so much I've been binging it ever since but yeah it just made me really angry that I hadn't seen it before it's like a great procedural it has pro- probably one of the most iconic music intros of in all TV time. history without it it's gotta be up there if it's not the best
2: and John what about you? I caught like an episode here a bit of it there at you know people's houses when we get together and And when I finally started paying attention, I think it was around the fourth season or so, this is really good. So I actually went out and just bought the DVD sets up to that point and been watched it then. And then I was still waiting between seasons and didn't have HBO. So I was waiting for box sets for the next couple of years. And finally, a friend who had HBO, we'd go over to watch it each week. Uh, until we got into the last season, which started amazing, and then went down, and I'd kind of miss here and there, and I'd ask what I'd miss, and he'd say nothing. (laughs) So I still have not seen... I've seen the famous scene of how it literally ends, but I'd say the last half of the last season, I have no idea what happens.
1: That was a phase, wasn't it? In between streaming and VHS, there was a short period where people just bought giant box sets of DVDs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of us still buy giant box sets
2: (laughs) of DVDs. I and still Blu-rays. do. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's a hobby.
0: So I was aware of it when it came out. It was just, it was one of these global cultural juggernauts. You just heard of it even in South Africa. We didn't have HBO as a service, but they they clearly licensed it to local broadcasters and I think yeah, I probably just wasn't allowed to watch it or I was never awake when it was being broadcast. You caught the Pax episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we did not have packs in South Africa. <laughs> oh, you slucky, lucky boy. Just, I never, I think I'd, I'd seen so many Italian mob things. I was like, oh, okay, it's a mob show, blah, blah, blah. But what got me into it was Edie Falco. I took the long way around to get into watching The Soprano. So I i first saw Edie Falco, uh, who plays Carmela Soprano, Tony Soprano's wife. Right,
2: right.
0: Saw her on 30 Rock. She had a small arc on 30 Rock as Jack Donaghy, Alec Baldwin's um, super liberal congressional lover. Uh,
1: it's pronounced uh, Eric Barwin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're Kim Jong-il. Then I realized she was on Nurse
2: Jackie. Which was her big thing after this. Which pretty, was what she made after yeah.
0: Sopranos. And Nurse Jackie, I thought, I love Nurse Jackie. thought it was incredible. And then it somehow came to me. I learned that she played Carmela Soprano. She was on the Sopranos. I was like, oh, well, shit, if Edie Falco's in the Sopranos, well, now I gotta watch it. And that's how I got into the Sopranos. Like, oh, this is incredible wow. in its own right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I took the long way around to get into watching The Sopranos.
1: That you did. It's for sure, out of all everything we've done thus far in this podcast, this is an absolute gem. And I would encourage absolutely everyone to watch it.
0: Yeah, we're going to struggle to find things to make fun of. Because, you know, there are things like Top Gun, which, you know, are good movies, but there's so much ridiculous about them, there's plenty to make fun. Or Candyman, which was like a seminal horror film, but there's a lot to make fun of. This is just like, ah. What do you even say other than just talking about these how brilliant are the things it. that are happening on
2: the screen? Yeah. TV wasn't really allowed to show this, which is why it was HBO. And eventually, cable got a little more hardcore shows like The Shield, which, by the way, we should absolutely cover. Okay. I have the whole series on DVD. But yes, yeah, it's, it's shows <laughs> like this that spawned, you know,
1: Breaking Bad and so many
2: other yeah, great shows. Yeah, basically, modern television wouldn't be what it is without this happening, even though it was on a, a premium paid channel.
1: Yeah. The, the, the serial
0: prestige drama starring an antihero yep. it essentially spawned that genre i mean this wasn't hb you know this is on hbo it wasn't hbo's first foray into original programming but it was their first show of this kind and it basically set the standard for what tv could be i like
1: the way robert mckee puts it it's it seems to get beyond antihero at a certain point and becomes satan hero <laughs> <laughs> just the complete
0: extreme. We have this show to thank for Breaking Bad. Literally, Vince Gilligan said, without Tony Soprano, there would be no Walter White. Matthew Weiner, who went on to create Mad Men, was a writer on this show. Is it why? John, you're, you're shaking your head. You I was...
2: Uh, well, he said Weiner there. I was shaking my head at Jules. I'm like, don't you go Weiner. <laughs>
1: Wiener.
2: It had nothing to do with your trivia. I'm just like, don't you do it, Jules. And now you made me say it. So, awesome. I mean...
0: The, 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 the little of German I know, like I naturally want to pronounce it Weiner and not Wiener. Wouldn't
2: that be weiner? Wiener.
0: Das, masu Feiner of some Mad Men. Aww. Die Verrückte Leute. Yeah, so he was he was a writer on that. And apparently like he had written Mad Men before he was a writer on the show and it, being on the show made him seriously revamp what Mad Men was. So his experience on The Sopranos fundamentally changed the show that he had already had a, an idea of what he wanted to, to make with it.
2: I'm now imagining Mad Men with a
0: laugh track <laughs>
1: i'm imagining it yeah just as a family sitcom right. <laughs> peggy do you have those pictures for
0: the heinz beans campaign oh no i left it on the subway oh <laughs> <Whoa-oh.
2: Yes>. <laughs> <Whoa-oh>. <laughs>
0: I think this won like 21 Emmys, including two for James Gandolfini. Edie Falco won a couple. It's won several. It just it got at some point Emmys for all the major categories. But it was not without its controversy. A lot of Italian-American organizations didn't care for its portrayal of Italian-Americans. Something it tries to address here and there. Yeah. It, it does like one scene in the first season where it's like, oh, you know, only 5,000 Italian-Americans are mobsters and millions of us Fought in World War Two, and but we're all just known for the mob. Blah blah blah. We're in a
1: show that depicts the mob.
2: <laughs> yeah, but each each season always has at least one moment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and there's also the FBI agents who try to be like, well, you know, we're Italian Americans too. You mm-hmm. know, it's the Simpsons moment where the the mobsters are squaring off, and guy stands up and says, "I'm <laughs> a member of the Italian American Defamation League," and this really busts my cannoli, and he draws out
0: two <laughs> guns. <laughs> Actually, it was so bad. So in 2002, the New York City Columbus Day Parade organizer successfully got an injunction to prevent Michael Bloomberg from inviting the cast of The Sopranos to join him in the Columbus Day Parade. Because they were like, you know,
1: yeah, it really busted their cannoli. Columbus was perfect, wasn't he?
2: (laughs) Well, I I didn't rewatch this whole season uh, because I mean, I've I've watched the show a lot, but there was a whole Columbus Day thing in the show. Was that in this? season? Not in the first season in the later one
0: then i mean there are some fantastic examples of italian americans who are much better suited for a columbus day like we don't need some genocidal yeah douchebag let's
1: let's start with the columbus thing shall we <laughs> <laughs> maybe
0: you don't need
1: one but for the rest of us you have better italian americans than columbus. there are way
0: better italian americans you know let's have john Basilone chef day Boy how about RD. that medal of honor winner <laughs> john chef Basilone. Boy chef boyardee
2: god no <laughs> Guido from Baywatch. Guido, from Baywatch,
0: Guido yeah.
1: from
2: Baywatch. I want a statue of him in at least every state. <laughs> it doesn't have to be in the Capitol. It could just be out by like the corner. You can share a statue if you have enough. You know, I want
1: boundaries. a k- statue of Guido in every Sparrow in New York City.
2: <laughs> Sparrow. It's got
1: to be our number one merch item: our little Guido statuettes. You know, <laughs> like those Oscars they sell two for a dollar at Universal Studios. Okay, I'll
2: get to sculpting.
0: Yeah, so Italian. Italian. Italian-American stereotypes are pretty much the only humor we're going to be able to squeeze out of this, so instead of delaying the inevitable any longer, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the pilot episode of The Sopranos.
1: So, you said this place is a strip club?
0: Yeah, sitting in a dark room with naked ladies getting blue balls. It's a great
2: male bonding activity for some reason. If you say so. Hey, you guys, welcome to Definitely Not a Mob Front. Just need to see some ID before I let you in. Hang on.
0: uh, Why is it called Definitely Not a Mob Front? Well, you think, genius, because it's
1: definitely not a mob front. Right, but when you call it that, I immediately think that it's a mob front.
2: Oh, oh, Mr. Straight to the Point here, huh? You a cop? You gotta tell me if you cops. I'm asking you right now. You a cop? Uh, no, police officers don't have to tell you if they're cops. That's a complete myth. Who said anything about police officers? Are you a cop? No, no, we're not cops. Alright, good. Now, before you go in, got three rules for you. Number one, well, third one's more of a suggestion. Anyway, irregardless, number one, no touching the girls or Giovanni breaks your legs. Seems a little extreme. Number two, no having sex with the girls. Indeed, this is where we kill rats who talk to the FBI and other feds' room. Uh, don't you mean the champagne room? That's usually what they call it in a strip club. Hey, I know what I said. All right, Tongue Twister? You know what you say, I know what I say. We got that clear? Finally, tonight, we have special cocktail. This is the recommendation. Sleeping with the fishies. I highly recommend it. You got to pay an unmarked bills, all right? Okay, seriously, how is this not a mob front? Come here, come here. Yeah, turn around. What's that say? What's that sign say? You read that sign for me. Well, it says definitely not a mob front. All right. I mean, they probably couldn't say it if it wasn't true, right? There you go. See, your friend understands how this operates around here. Now you fellas have a good night. Be sure to tip DJ Made Man before you leave. He's playing Frank Sinatra all evening long.
1: Yeah, we're so going to get whacked.
2: Yeah, we're going to get whacked. With an attitude like that, you will.
0: And we're back. We start off with the HBO logo that I don't think has changed since the late 70s. And I'm pretty sure kids today don't know what Static is.
2: HBO logo used to be amazing. In the early 80s, we had moved into a house where the people before us had subscribed and they didn't actually cut off the transmission. So we had HBO for several months and my parents just taped everything they could. As they should. yeah, it it used to be amazing with like marquee lights. And all kinds of awesome shit instead of just your static fades into HBO.
0: Okay, clearly, I I have no idea what I was talking about. Basically, as long as I've been watching HBO programming, it's been this exact same logo. And for sure, kids today do not know what static is because that is a function of cathode ray tube televisions. So, now, of course, as you mentioned earlier, Jules, we got to talk about
1: this iconic intro.
0: We really do.
1: The cinematography, the music, the way it's it's portrayed, you go through, you know, the outside of New York City into the streets and then New Jersey and into the suburb house. It's right down to the logo with a gun in it. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just so spot on. The only criticism I have for this intro is that HBO Max still has a button that says skip intro. Fuck you, HBO Max. I am not skipping this intro ever when I watch this show. (laughs) you don't have to press it. (laughs) Yes, but it bugs me that you think I (laughs) that anyone would skip this. (laughs) So for season one,
0: we do have to address the fact that, oof, this has the Twin Towers in it.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: There's nothing inherently offensive about the Twin Towers, but every time you see them, you're like, oh, those aren't
1: going to be there forever. Yeah, it does give you a bit of a cold feeling, doesn't
2: it? No. No. Okay. This was before that. I mean, I don't have any. John is indifferent to 9-11. So,
1: it is
0: now
2: known. Uh, somewhat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It bugs me that people go nuts every time they see him. This was from what two, three years before. It's going to be
0: there. John supports terrorism. Okay. No. <laughs> Get that
1: on a t-shirt too. John <laughs> supports terrorism.
2: And I have to show up in pictures next to everybody who's wearing it with a big shirt. just. No.
0: I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> It is well shot. It, it gives us a whole thing about New York. You know, we get this very decrepit look at Northern Jersey. It's kind of this industrial hellscape and it gives us interesting context of like what the show is going to feel like. But let's be honest, we're basically watching Tony Soprano drive down the New Jersey turnpike
1: from New York City to his home. That's, <laughs> that is the intro. We're watching a guy do his afternoon commute. Well, no, 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 no. There's so much subtext in it. You know, the, the sort of seedy underbelly the poorer family poorer people living in the sort of difficult areas the industrial area right through to the legitimate businesses that reoccur in the show right up until this legitimate
2: businessmen.
1: it's it's all honestly so much storytelling in it the more i look at it it's just representative of so much smoking
2: a cigar it's missing that sign from family guy welcome to new jersey what like you're so special (laughs) i mean john you live
0: in the inland empire you (laughs) definitely can't make fun of new jersey that's why i
2: get to say these things
0: (laughs) and the song that plays over this intro is woke up this morning by alabama three and they are naturally a band from britain is that right Seriously? Yeah, Al- Alabama 3, who wrote the intro. To I Hogan, have
1: never this- been so proud in my entire life. <laughs> I am this close to singing God Save the Queen, I swear.
0: So we open up on Tony Soprano, played by the late, great James Gandolfini. Tony is sitting in a fancy waiting room. He's looking up very intensely at a nude statue. Like They, they spend like at least 30 seconds on this cutting back and forth between him and this topless statue.
2: Yeah. It could have panned over and um. Sh- Johnny would be there contemplating her pregnancy. Oh. <laughs> because we have to have Baywatch, <laughs> must have Baywatch. No, my my legitimate note here is holy shit, he's so slim. <laughs> he is i mean he's still overweight but jesus compared to the rest of the series yeah
1: yeah in in this wonderfully complex series and superb cinematography when i take a step back sometimes and look at the simplicity of it it's just a big alpha male staring at boobs right that is the opening shot setting the tone (laughs)
0: for the entire series but he he seems to have
2: this expression of what is this doing here (laughs) like yeah,
0: I'm about to see a lady psychiatrist. He's definitely not
1: into it. About to like pull his
2: pants down. That's true. Things. I guess yeah.
1: there there is a sort of suspect nature of it. But yeah,
0: one explanation for him being thinner. They filmed the pilot two years before it went to series. Hmm. So Dr. Melfi, played by Lorraine Bracco, who was in Goodfellas. Uh, she was apparently uh, originally they wanted her for Carmela.
2: Yeah, she turned that down.
0: Yeah, she's like, you know, I played a mob wife before. I just wanna, I wanna try something different. So she got to play the psychiatrist and she brings in uh tony for an exposition dump basically <laughs> tells him, by the way you are here because yep. you had a panic attack and you collapsed and your family doctor referred you to me now the audience is catched up caught up
1: so what do you do for a living waste management consultant police management consultant dude just say you're in the mob (laughs) no no you were just all you were getting all high and mighty about the exposition dump now's the point for the lies about what he does cross cut with the actual gangster stuff which was
2: what i love about this situation is everybody knows she's even aware of of who he is and what he does from the first meeting (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so he's, you know, you know, tell me about what's, uh, you know, what happened on the day you blacked out. And he's, he, he talks about his, his insecurities. You know, he's starting to think that he didn't get in in life on the ground floor, that he came at the end of something. Yeah, he's doing off better financially than his dad. But his dad had it better because there were standards back in his day. You know, he's got this whole, like, good old days, you know, looking at the past through
1: rose-colored lenses. It's the beginning of the many dimensions of him as a character. He has so many dimensions as a character. It's, it's you could almost you couldn't build a map of them there's so many that's why there weren't any left for Paul Walker and Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> no <That's> <laughs>
0: And while this is happening, we're getting flashbacks of Tony getting the newspaper in his bathrobe. That's one of the things he does pretty regularly throughout the series. And so there he talks about there were these ducks that came to his house a few months ago to mate and have kids. And he's super into these ducks like he fucking loves these ducks. And we see him at his pool in this flashback feeding them bread. And I just got to stop here. You do not feed ducks bread. No. No. It is bad for them. It is bad for their stomachs. It attracts predators. It makes them dependent on people for food. If you have to feed them, like I, I, I did some research, there's there's some British duck organization.
1: Of course there is. You, you really want me to sing the national anthem, don't you? No. do
3: save no. our
1: Glorious duck society. <laughs> yes, the, the Royal Society of
0: Ducks and Ducketry. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well have been called that. Here are some things that you can actually feed ducks. Cucumber. Corn peas, beans, broccoli, beets, squash. You can even feed them scrambled eggs or dry dog and cat food. Even rice rice exploding
1: stomachs is a myth for birds.
0: Just don't feed them fucking bread. Just don't do it.
1: Anyways, good old British Duck Society. You know, just to throw something else out there. There's also a British Apostrophe Society. <laughs> just to show you the kind of societies we have. <laughs> so
0: inside the house we meet Meadow who's Tony's daughter and her friend Uh, god
2: I forgot what the bitch Meadow was in this first season such a bitch yeah so she's played
0: by Jamie Lee Ziegler I don't think she's really gone on to do much other than to play herself on Entourage and give Turtle a handjob we meet AJ for Anthony Jr that's Tony's only son and wife Carmella as we mentioned previously played by Edie Falco and Meadow won't eat a proper breakfast because teenage girl don't eat food. That's a theme throughout the series and also this episode.
1: Yeah, setting up the normal family kind of conflicts.
2: Yeah. Yeah, just regular day in the life like anyone any other family sort of thing. Yeah. AJ I think he's got like a croissant. There's a giant jug
0: of milk next to Meadow and her friend. he
2: dips it into Dips it in, too.
0: <laughs> dips it, he takes a big bite and just kind of gives a look of yeah, what are you gonna do about it, sister? It is also apparently AJ's birthday today. He turned thirteen. So welcome to the nightmare that is teenagerdom
1: so he is now doomed to become an asshole (laughs) yeah
0: oh oh he does (laughs) he does he does meadow's already there so tony calls the kids like hey the ducks are trying to fly and the kids come out and they're like yeah you've shown us this a million times before you know
2: yeah you could substitute any situation in which like the parents are excited about x and trying to get the kids into yeah uh uh-huh you showed us yesterday god that's like literally what they say (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, I've seen flaming
0: chainsaw juggling before. So boring. <sighs>
3: Damn kids and their Game Boys.
0: <laughs> uh, so apparently, Beto wants to go to Aspen with this friend of hers, but Carmela's like, "Hey, you got to keep your grades and your curfew up if you want to, you know, go to this place."
2: Oh, and wonderful. One of the many things that wonderfully dates this show because her friend sat near Skeet Ulrich. I can't even name something he was in. I know he was popular for a while. I don't even know who that is. He was a he was a movie star. I can't picture him. I can't name a single thing he was ever in. <laughs>
1: That sounds like the name of Matthew Lillard's character in She's All That. like that's. I don't know why, but Skeet Ulrich just sounds like the most 80s name in the entire history of uh, No, he's of a names.
0: 90s guy. Oh, he really? He's a 90s well, guy. Good. Yep. So Tony comes in, he wishes AJ a happy birthday, but he immediately gets lost in this giant book of birds that he's apparently reading because he's super into these ducks. And he brings this book with him to work that day.
2: When men could be shirtless on camera without a diet consisting fully of chicken. Chicken breast and weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> There's vo going
0: on throughout. You know him talking to the therapist and try not to mention exactly what he's doing. For it a is living. true though
1: that uh, just going back to John's point, that there is a lot of man boobs in the show. You should definitely prepare for that. Yeah, be prepared. <sighs> Yeah, he's, he's driving
0: to, to work. Uh, they got to go deal with some guy who hasn't been paying them. He, he's complaining about how Christopher hasn't been, you know, businessing as hard as, you know, he has been. And I cannot believe this is a $60,000 Lexus. They mentioned <laughs> that this is a $60,000 Lexus from the late 90s. I'm like, this car looks like shit. I would rather have
1: my 2016 Honda Civic than this fucking Lexus. The way the show lets you know who's a gangster and who isn't is based on whether they have elaborately overpriced gold chains or watches that's uh, that's a consistent theme and uh you would you would have thought that would make it easy for the cops to find them it's just go to the rolex store just get out a metal detector and that'll <laughs> lead you right to him Because, yeah, the nephew wears it, all of the other guys wear it. It's just gold
2: chains and gold watches. But it's finding something to pin on them. You can find them easily. As you find out throughout the show, the law definitely knows where these guys are. They know their hangouts. They know where they frequent. true. (laughs) They just have to get evidence
0: of things they've done so they can actually arrest them. So we see while he's trying to, like, explain that he just had coffee with this guy he was having a business dispute with, he's chasing down this guy in the Lex to run him over, this guy who owes the money, in front of literally dozens of witnesses. Yep.
1: By the way, this is the gr- such a great scenelet, like right down to the back and forth with the therapist about. So just coffee, right, while she's. <laughs> beating him with a flashback yeah coffee and they both laugh about it yeah so eventually he
0: he rams him with the car like breaks his leg gets out of the car punches
2: his leg punches his leg (laughs) the guy comments something about how the bones poking through he's like oh yeah let me get that for you and
0: Christopher, because it's his car, and Christopher, by the way, is Tony's nephew, is like, oh, that's going to be 3000 because he fucked up his car. He took out his headlight. And he's like, will you just come over here and hit this guy? <laughs> like, it is a running game. The it's, it's
1: the beautiful chaos fellas <sighs> vibe that goes throughout this show where it's just this, yeah, this quit wonderful complaining things. about your
2: car. Get over here and kick this dipshit.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful moments like that, those sort of ordinary moments that are just so hilarious and brilliant. So we also learn what's important in this scene is that the guy that they beat up
0: because he hadn't paid them back he works for this HMO and that's the office that they beaten the shit out of yeah I front.
2: assume this is outside of his work because Tony points at the sign he's like HMO you're covered it's like this is kind of just where you came across him though so I mean
0: they clearly knew where he was otherwise okay. they would have maybe tried to get him at home
1: at the ending moment I have to confess there was a moment where Simon Pegg from Hot Fuzz showed up in my mind and just said you're a doctor deal with it <laughs> (laughs)
0: and again in the age of cell phones all these people would have had their phones out they would have filmed the whole thing and Tony and Christopher would have been in prison for assault and it
1: wouldn't have been Alexis
2: Like By the end of that afternoon, they would
0: have... So now, talking about a, a lunch meeting he's having at a butchery that also apparently serves coffee, because Italians. And we <laughs> meet some of the other <laughs> members of his immediate crew. We meet a Pussy. That's, I, what the fuck did you do to get that nickname? I really gotta know.
1: Well, we find out later that Pussy is actually his name. It's Salvatore something, They but talk I, about it on the news.
2: It's actually one of the alarm bells that ring up the news is using like the gangster names there's more than one there's confusion as to which pussy they're talking about <laughs> there are two pussies at least there's big pussy and little pussy yeah
0: so big pussy is the one we're seeing now little pussy's part of some other part of the crew we meet paulie and so apparently there's this check waste company that's trying to undercut them for a big contract and that's no good and christopher's like don't worry i'll i'll, I'll take care of it they also meet silvio who's played by steve van zant of bruce springsteen's east street yeah. and he plays a mobster at this he was apparently originally in line for for tony soprano and then they realized they wanted to get a more experienced actor but they really wanted him in the show so they wrote this part for him also talking about his his uncle who's a part of all this and you know he lets dr melfi know in the present that his uncle's a big source of stress for him he'll become an even bigger
1: source of stress for him as the season goes on but did you notice also in this scene outside of the uh big market that um it was a big red filter. Did that hit anyone like it hit me? <laughs> red filter like over the camera? Yeah. No? And it clashed with the blue sky like really badly throughout the scene. I was, I'd the I... back by it. No. I guess I didn't notice it now. Very subtle. So Silvio, Steve Van
0: Zandt, tells Tony that his uncle's planning on whacking some guy named pussy so he's gonna whack little pussy what you think he's gonna whack big pussy my pussy <laughs> no he's not gonna do that he's gonna whack a little <laughs> pussy in tony's friend well elementary school friend Artie's restaurant
1: it is another risk of watching this show is that you do find yourself starting to talk jersey as john has yes. proven
2: this is something that particularly happened when watching the box sets all those <laughs> You got Jersey John. It's like after playing Red
1: Dead Redemption 2, you start talking with a southern droll. I'm talking
0: cowboy. So speaking of Artie, we cut to his restaurant. He's the owner of this restaurant. And we learn that it's, you know, throughout the series that it's, you know, been in his family for generations. He's just the newest proprietor. And it's kind of a mob hangout. We meet Uncle Junior there. So it's Tony's uncle. He's having lunch. But Tony apparently just doesn't talk to him about not killing somebody in this restaurant. <laughs> because he's worried that it's going to fuck up his friend's business. And he's concerned about that. So him and Christopher take a seat and he's like, like we just said, it's going to ruin his business if somebody gets killed here. Like all these, you know, middle class softies. They're not going to want to eat here, knowing somebody got murdered here. We also learned that his uncle kind of fucked up his self-esteem. He did stuff with, you know, Tony as a kid, but he's undermined his self-esteem pretty
1: consistently. Yeah, the parental figures are phenomenal. Yes. Infuriatingly so. Infuriatingly so. I mean, they're villainous, of course, but it's oof. Well, speaking of infuriating
0: parental figures, a Tony pays his mother a visit.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, I love, I like Horrible Woman, but I love this character. She is played so fucking well.
1: She is Alexander the Great's mother on steroids. It's, it's <laughs> honestly the most incredible character. I'm not sure if you guys agree on this, because I don't want to be harsh, but uh, I was on the fence over whether she acted it really well or really simplistically. Really
0: well. Really
2: well well
1: really well just the subtle manipulative behaviors that she just fucking mastered there were times when it was really spot on but you know other times when you know it just seemed like she looked like a barracuda who hadn't read the script
2: i mean i just love the opening exchange once tony gets into the house of course it takes a while someone called here after dark well who was it you think i'm gonna answer the phone it was dark out
0: Yeah, it's little <laughs> things like Just... this that drive Tony insane.
2: Yes, cause his response is exactly the same I would be. It's like, look, I get it if you don't want to go out, it's dark, you can't see, but this is hearing, it's not sight, it's different. <laughs>
0: and this whole uh manipulative mother interaction is brought to you by sharp cd players sharp cd players for when your family is dysfunctional
2: and all the old greats are getting re-released right now that's right yeah because he's like hey how about you the
0: cd player everything's being you know re-released on cd like you can listen to all your old favorites on here and she's like
2: i don't want it
0: And also, again, like a great subtlety in this scene is um, she first offers him like, hey, do you want some some eggplant? And he's like, no, no, I just had lunch. But she gets him some eggplant. He's like, no, I told you I had lunch because she doesn't listen to him. It's all about what she wants. And she likes pushing people's buttons and playing the victim and imagine being raised like something like that. It's a big part of why Tony has turned out the way he is. So we get this very incredible introduction to his mom. Also, he's the only one taking care of her and he puts him down complaining that daughters take care of their mothers better than sons, even though neither of his sisters live in New Jersey. Yep. But also this is where he brings up putting her in a retirement community. And she's like, no, I don't want to be put in a nursing home. He's like, it's not a fucking nursing home. It's a retirement community. You know, she's like, no, those babbling ladies in their wheelchairs. And he's like, that's not what it fucking is. You're not listening. It carries on throughout the
2: episode. Yeah,
0: it carries on throughout the episode. But this is like it just establishes this dynamic and all these tropes with her and him. And he leaves and tells her that just be a junior's birthday party this evening there's going to be a birthday party she says she's going to be there but as soon as we get back to the house we learned that she called and said no she's not going to be there aj has a great line he's like what no fucking ZD now (laughs) because apparently i guess grandma makes a great ZD and she's not going to bring it now this is also where we are introduced to Father Paul, who's the priest that has some stuff going on with carmela Not an affair, but some crazy shit goes on. He's one of the many characters that gets
2: recast. Well, one of the two, at least two characters that get recast. I didn't recognize him in the pilot because I was like, wait, that's no, that's not the same guy. Doesn't he get a different name? Isn't it Father Phil later? But it's Father Phil in this. You said Paul. <laughs> that's what I meant. Sorry, I okay. meant Father Phil. It's played
1: by the actor who plays Chappelle in 24 later in the series. Okay.
2: I think. For those of you who are not me and have seen twenty four.
1: He eventually gets replaced with Michael Schulz who
0: subsequently was also on Nurse Jackie with Edie Falco. These people aren't on Baywatch, I don't care. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you know, he's he's grilling up because clearly this is like it's AJ's party now. I'd like and... to
1: bring up a little detail, which I really liked. When he lights the grill, the way the camera's shot, it was a perfect this is Satan shot. There's the fire <laughs> around him. It was so wonderful. I I loved it. It's the little things.
0: Yeah, because he's firing up the grill for to cook some sausages. fire and his
1: smile. It was so brilliant. Yeah.
0: And he's loving it because, yeah, he's got the the ducks in the the pool nearby. They're frolicking. And this is where he has his collapsing episode. And he drops the lighter fluid in the grill and it explodes. (sighs) And there's a whole thing cut to tony about to go into an mri machine Carmela's comes in to support him
2: oh what support
0: she gives yeah because it quickly turns into a yelling fight about so
2: <laughs> just tony's side chick it starts off with him so worried about what it could be I and mean, is it a tumor she's like well that's what we're here to find out you know and it just devolves <laughs> into the shouting match there was a
1: line that i really loved i think it's in this scene but Uh, he says it felt like ginger ale in my skull that was when he was collapsing that was the previous scene yeah my note for that was worst death metal band ever
2: (laughs) (laughs) ginger (laughs) ale ale in in my my skull We take the skulls from the enemies and we drink our ginger ale. I'll say, no, in this scene, it's while he's worried about his cancer. The only difference between you and me is you're going to hell when you die. Oh, my
1: God. That was brilliant, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, because
0: he brings up the priest and he's like, you know, he's very spiritual. You know, she's having clearly having a crisis of spirituality. That's a big part of her her characterization. And she's trying to become the best Catholic she can possibly be. This is pre 2003 before we knew some stuff so uh maybe you don't want to be the best catholic you can be just throwing that out there as a former catholic but anyway she is very into her religion and the difference between you know you and me is that you're going to hell and then Tony gets put into the mri machine. that's like the last thing he hears before he gets a brain scan yeah christopher he's gonna have over uh nephew of the main czech gangster who runs the rival waste management company
2: and christopher is terrible at pronunciation and geography
0: he is awful at both because yeah this czech dude's name is emil but he keeps calling him email
2: (laughs)
1: to any younger listeners czechoslovakia was a country at some point
0: uh not at this point in history <laughs> and, and yeah, he's like, you know, yeah, what's when you check Czechoslovakia? He makes you some kind of Polak, right? And it's like, no, I'm not Polish. And also, that's offensive to yeah. Polish people, you yeah.
1: fucking ass. Did you guys also notice the chalkboard that had black and white
0: photos on it on the side? We do see that because it becomes very important in the editing because what he basically does is he tricks this Czech guy into snorting some cocaine, thinking, like, oh, yeah, we're going to collaborate on some sort of cocaine ring. And as he snorting the cocaine, Christopher comes up behind him and just puts several bullets in him. And between the shots, it cuts to those pictures you were mentioning, Jules. And you
1: see Frank Sinatra, you see Dean Martin, you see Al Capone. But I saw it before we got to those quick cuts. Laurel and Hardy are on there, and so is a girl in her underwear. It's a weird mashup. What kind of scenario would end up with you putting photos of a chalkboard of Laurel and Hardy and an attractive woman in her underwear? Why not? (laughs)
2: Why not? Stop king shaming, Jules. G. I don't see the issue here.
1: I don't see what kind of a scenario would end up with both of those two on a chalkboard, was it? You appreciate
0: great comedy and you want to be sexually aroused when you do so. Sarah, I mean, how are these things? How is
2: this
1: I Usually, understand. I like to keep my porn and my comedy on separate sides of the room, but I might be weird. The only orgasm is a happy orgasm. <laughs> you're not laughing when you come, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the tagline of our
0: show. <laughs> I was about to say that is the new millennial rewind tagline. <laughs>
2: We're already going to be teaching the erogenous zones. So.
0: Of the 90s, specifically. Oh, so Tony bumps into his uncle outside of Artie's restaurant. He kind of talks him out of trying to kill this. He person. tries
2: to talk him out of
0: it. Tries to talk him out of it, but his uncle is incredibly insecure and he doesn't like being told what to do. He doesn't like the fact that Tony's the boss. So he's like, you're not the boss of me. This little pussy feels safe at the
1: restaurant. Stop telling me what to do. This, it's going to happen here. Yep. Yeah, for me, I felt the the hand motion stereotype thing Wasn't working. What hand motion? You know, there's there's always that stereotype that Italians use their hands a lot when they're talking. And for me, I think he tried to do it, but it looked a little awkward. Is possible?
2: Why did you go Polish all of a sudden?
0: (laughs) No,
1: it's Czech. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's some kind of Polak, right? (laughs) Oh, right,
1: right, right, right. Serbian, right? (laughs) With apologies to everyone in the Balkans. (laughs)
0: With apologies to any Yugoslavians <laughs> listening right now. So in VO, Tony tells us that his wife and daughter weren't getting along. And Carmela is watching movies with this father, Phil guy. Yeah. And this gets weird as the series go on because we learn later he is literally sexually attracted to her. Part of this comes to a head in the next episode we're going to break down. But he's got a thing about like watching movies. And having food. And having food. It's like a very specific kink he's into. But can
1: we get to her uh, pulling out the ak forty seven?
2: of fucking because she hears a noise. Out- she hears a noise of someone jimmying the window. Nick, please educate us on what rifle she pulls out of <laughs> the She
0: produces an Avtomat Kalashnikov <laughs> 14
1: <laughs> yeah my note was i swear i've dated this woman many times <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> dang obligatory jules's love
0: life and <laughs> yeah so she grabs an ak-47 highly illegal in new jersey even at this point so she whips out her secret ak-47 <laughs> the priest sees this she doesn't give a fuck that the yeah, priest sees this about shit's his pants whoa what is, what
2: what is going on <laughs>
0: She runs outside and Meadows try to break into her room and she's trying to lie about, oh, Oh, how it sounds a little creaky. And maybe have you got any of that putty to caulk it up a bit? And Carmel is not buying this bullshit. (laughs) Such a bad lie. Yeah, she's not buying this bullshit. And basically, yeah, you're not going to Aspen. And she's like, oh, that fell off fair man. it's like no you were given rules get your grades up don't break curfew and by the way she broke curfew because some boy had a game the next day so i can only surmise that she went to go like give this kid a hand job to like
2: relax yes, him. did she admit to a hand job or oral or something because it was like steven i think that's the name like steven had to swim meet tomorrow and he needed me for what?
0: She went and gave this Steve an orgasm. That is absolutely what happened. And by the way, Carbella
1: just ignores that part. There was one element that I also wanted to bring up, is that the daughter and son have no reaction to the mom holding the AK-47, which makes me think this has happened many times in the past. <laughs> right? It's just, oh, mom's out with the AK-47 again. Yet somehow that's what she runs to. <laughs> Yeah, when she must have.
0: They were just happy his. she didn't
1: pull out the bazooka. That's that's. They were just grateful for that.
2: Meadow is at least keen on the truth of the family. Somehow, AJ's still oblivious to it
1: all. Even with the AK forty seven from mom, he just thought that was a casual Jersey thing or Jersey <laughs> butterbing This is America, and you can have have the right to bear arms. What? Well, your mom know. doesn't pull out AK forty sevens on on people. <laughs>
2: Only because she doesn't own them. Meadow knows they're a crime family. AJ just kind of grew up with, you know, the AK popping out of the closet every now and then. That's just the reality of which he came to live in.
0: Yeah, baked ZD and AK-47. Right. It's like, what uh, What was your childhood like? big
2: ZD, Ducks, Assault Rifles.
0: <laughs> so back in the present, Dr. Melfi is trying to press Tony about talking about being depressed. She, she wants him to kind of admit that he's depressed and he is completely trying to, to avoid God, it. God,
2: that's so good in this he tries to
0: like misdirect by you know he sees her name like oh melfi you come from x part of italy he's like oh i come from this part of italy and she's like you know yeah my my mom would have loved if we got together she's like cool that's nice
2: he's answering the little softball questions but as soon as she hits him with the big ones like he just He deflects then he gets
1: angry it's a wonderful exchange
2: oh so good
1: and she won't have any of it
0: because she's like you know uh if you had that anxiety attack while you're driving somebody could have gotten hurt so um maybe we talk about your actual feelings seems like whatever happened to gary cooper and the strong silent type and you know i took a semester and a half of college and i know uh, about freud and dunning therapy Kruger. and it's like
2: <laughs> serious dunning Kruger. a semester and a half not even a full year of college so i understand freud <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you'd stayed a little longer, Tony, you'd realize that Freud's theories are not applicable to modern conceptions of psychotherapy, so um, you're a little behind on stuff. Like, the Oedipus Complex is not the basis of modern therapy. Like, get the fuck out of here. Dr. Melfi eventually gets him to admit that he's depressed, because he is depressed. Like, he's a gangster, he's stressful, and his family life is for shit. So yeah, he eventually admits that he's depressed, and he admits that it coincided with the ducks leaving and apparently him bringing up like her bringing up the ducks again he's just like fuck this I'm out storms yep. out of the So now Christopher and Big Pussy are dealing with the Czech kid's body. And this is where it gets, things get weird logistically because Pussy's chewing out Christopher for not consulting anyone about killing him because it's going to cause a lot of problems with the Czechs. And apparently their plan right now, because where they are, is that they're going to dump this kid's body in the dumpster of the Czech waste management. One of the dumpsters to send a message.
2: That's what Chris wanted to do. Yeah. That's what he
0: wanted to do. And they're in the middle of doing that. But Pussy's like, no, it would be better if I took him to Staten Island, chopped him
2: up, and made him disappear. Why they waited until they were at the dumpster to have that conversation is a whole other matter.
0: Yeah, this should have been a scene in the butchery.
2: Yeah, where, like, when Pussy showed up to help him get it out of there and clean up.
1: I thought it was kind of funnier this way. Like, oh, crap, we got it to get the buddy back out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is like a saran-wrapped fucking dead body. It's like saran-wrapped duct tape.
0: It's like really weirdly mummified. It's the pilot. The show didn't have the funding yet. (laughs) So yeah, Christopher asks Pussy about, you know, apropos of nothing, what would you do if Tony ever became incapacitated? And Pussy's like, shut the fuck off. Like, don't, we're not, don't talk like that. So now we're in a fancy old folks home. the retirement community that Tony was talking about. And this place looks fantastic. They have game night. They have professors come and give lectures from the local university. What
2: goes on down there?
0: And that's their nursing facility. (gasps) And she loses her shit. It's a nursing home.
2: Oh god, this woman's incredible.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Her name's Livia. That's Tony's mom. She won't listen to Reed's like, no, you, 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 you it's just there in case you have a medical
2: thing. Like, no, you, you will not put me in one of these places. I am not going, you are not gonna do this. Which causes Tony some anxiety and he has another blackout and collapses. To which Livia cries. <laughs> Who's got the quote? Oh, please tell me
1: you did.
0: Someone get a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it is so good. Uh...
0: It is so good. So Tony, defeated, is back at Dr. Melfi's office. He's going to have to learn to talk about the ducks. Uh, He talks about how his mother wore his father down. His father, who had his own crew and was fucking a badass, this woman wore him down to a little nub. He's also stressed about work since the government has been using RICO laws to clamp down on his
2: business. Is he a cousin of (laughs) yours? Is he a
0: cousin? Because he's worried about
2: RICO. Who is that, a cousin? Rico's roughnecks crossover with the Starship Troopers. You can't do crossovers if we haven't covered it yet, yeah, except true. for like South Park. <laughs> fine, fine.
0: And so she asks him about whether or not he has any qualms about what he does for a living, because she knows. Yeah. Like, she knows who, who he is. He says that, yeah, he does have qualms for them because people don't have honor anymore. Like, everyone keeps turning government witness, and that's not what she was asking, dude. She was wondering whether or not you had a moral <laughs> issue with what you did
1: for a living, not whether or not you hate the fact that You're getting ratted out. Deflecting. It's so beautifully done. Yep. This is good dialogue. If you are a screenwriter (laughs) and you want to come across good dialogue, you've got to watch the show.
0: Also, I, I need to mention we, we we skip this scene. She only mentions in like their second session about doctor-patient confidentiality and how you know she's obligated to go to the cops if she hears about anything illegal. And that's also where she drops where she basically knows that he's a mobster.
2: Yeah, there's a hint that maybe she's okay with it because she's like, "I'm supposed to contact the authorities in this situation."
1: Absolutely, there is right from the very start. You can tell there is some in. Intrigue on her side as well as on his side.
0: Yeah, because like, oh yeah, waste management, like we all know what that means and... Wait,
2: I work in waste management. (laughs) (laughs) More recycling, isn't it? We still handle waste. So basically,
0: they come to an understanding like, I know you're in the mob, I'm going to continue to treat you, just know that there are certain things you can't tell me and they kind of come to this arrangement, this understanding. And by the way, you talk about that literally first thing when you go to actual therapy, that is the first thing your doctor is going to talk about is okay doctor patient confidentiality if you're gonna threaten to kill yourself i have to call some sort of authorities or whatever anyone who's been to therapy knows that that is literally the first thing you talk about so i mean they took some creative liberties in what happens with therapy for dramatic effect and she tells him that look with pills with modern pharmacology we're back in the present now where he's talks about the rico laws tells him that pills can help with feelings of depression and anxiety and his line is great here comes the prozac And by the way, if you're depressed, anybody, especially dudes, take some fucking pills. I've taken pills. They're amazing. I'm going to go back on pills because they're amazing. I'm not sure you're representing it well (laughs) enough. (laughs) <laughs> That's like you're pushing pills. All of this until now has been Nick off pills. This sounds like Patton Oswalt's
2: bit about parents and the pill.
1: <laughs> Get the pills in the will. <laughs> it's one of the things that I actually liked about the show is it, it's making actual psychotherapy as well as medication a little more accessible and just it's confronting the stigma on it. Basically head on, right in the face. Basically yes. the, the old alpha male, I don't talk, I don't reveal feelings, I don't have any like that. They meet that head on in the show. It's fantastic.
2: Yeah, one a lot of what I came across looking for reviews when you looked at like the One Star stuff was basically exactly what Julian was just talking about. If he's such a tough guy, why is he got to go talk about this? Why can't he be a real man? All this, exactly. Yeah, all that kind of shit. Real men go to therapy. Anyways, cut to Wiggle Strippers. <laughs> first of all, I think we need
1: to talk about the name of the strip club. It's not revealed here, but it's revealed in the first series, and it is the inspiration for the title. <laughs> I gave. And what is the name of this strip club,
0: Jules? Bada-bing. The best (laughs) fucking name for a strip club, but also a terrible name for a mob front. You might as well be like, (laughs) Mobster Front Business.
1: First time I saw this show, I chuckled every time I saw that name. I was just, I couldn't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not not smile when that came up.
0: There's very little we can make fun of in this series, but one thing I think we can definitively make fun of is the level of stripper. In <laughs> well, this that was show. the thing.
1: You kind of stole my note because I was I was saying the stripper dancing, you know, was like just quiet wiggles, which you know is the name of my first blues album that I released. <laughs> quiet wiggles. Please welcome Quiet Wiggles.
0: Yeah, they're they're topless on stage, and by the way, the boob budget for the strip varies throughout the season sometimes they have boob budget sometimes they don't have boob budget for the pilot they got boob budget bada bing an equal
2: opportunity
0: <laughs> boob budgeter it's usually just four women, sometimes topless, sometimes not, just kind of wiggling against the poles to the music on stage. And anyone who's been to a strip club knows that's not how strip clubs work. <laughs> Nobody in the, is getting a lap dance on the side. The pole dancing is a little more athletic, generally. And I get it; you can't be doing that every single take in a show. But it's just
2: wiggle strippers throughout. I'm just saying. I have never been to a strip club at 2 p.m.
0: Neither have I, I actually. So yeah. Most <laughs>
2: Just could be what it's like for that crowd. All right, guys, field trip
0: to the Seventh Veil. We got to figure
1: this out. Can we write this off as a work expense? (laughs) You can certainly try. (laughs) The
0: inner Swanson in me has
2: to ask, do they have a buffet? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Some of them do. (laughs) We'll find out. So apparently the guy that they ran over and beat the shit out of in front of dozens of witnesses has still not paid them back. So Tony's there, Christopher's there, Silvio's there, and this new guy, Hash, who's an older Jewish guy who kind of runs the the Shylock business, as they call it, the loan sharking business. And Tony comes up with a great idea. So basically, since this guy works for an HMO, what they're going to do is set up a bunch of fake clinics and charge fake claims to the HMO. They pay Them out. It's going to look legit, but it's to these fake businesses. It's a very good scam, actually, (laughs) I have
2: to say. (laughs) And somehow the strippers don't know who Hesh is.
0: Well, the waitress doesn't.
2: Okay, but still, yeah. This is, like, where the guys hang out all the time and discuss business.
0: (laughs) She could be new. Maybe she doesn't know. Okay, maybe.
2: Basically, yeah, because Silvio has to call her over, pick up his check, and be like, hey, this is on the house all night. Well, as
1: the boob budget left, you know, clearly the stripper was never brought back.
2: The waitresses in strip clubs don't necessarily
0: have to be topless. That's a whole... But also, they talk about Junior. So Hesh kind of lets Tony know that Junior's pissed that Tony became the boss, and that he was a made man before a lot of other people became made made men and surpassed him in the organization. He's very insecure and doesn't like being told what to do. And so he says, okay, look, do what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna send Artie away for a couple of weeks, close down the restaurant. It'll happen, but it won't freak people out because it'll be closed. Nobody's really gonna know what the hell happened there, right?
2: Well, the idea was if it's closed, it can't happen there. It has to happen somewhere else.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That makes a bit more sense. So we cut to Carmela taking illicit wads of cash out of a Campbell's soup cans so that was what i was gonna say this cash <laughs>
1: grab is brought to you by campbell soup a lot of
0: great sponsorships in this that are definitely intentional campbell's soup what illegal bullshit are you up to
1: <laughs> kind of want chicken tonight
0: so Carmela goes into Meadow's room because it's time for their annual tradition of having high tea at the Plaza Hotel in New York. You know, carmela has got the, her fancy getup, including gloves and all this stuff. And Meadow's like, no, she's got too much homework to do. And always thought that that tradition was kind of dumb, like being really bratty and hurtful.
2: Oh, yeah, she is shitty. She is such a shitty teenager. This comes around in later seasons, though. After she's gone off to college and has grown up a bit, she comes back home. When Carmela's going through her own shit at the time. It's a nice reversal. And she comes in with the nice things and the gloves and hey, it's the day of our tradition. And she comes back around into it but right now watching this scene it's like uh, I just want to fucking strangle her
1: one of the things I do want to bring up as well is that I spotted her computer and I said what I want to see is slow internet buffering and you've got mail
2: you got the you've got mail
1: I got the you've got mail and there is a hint of the slow buffering but that's just a hint yeah I I, I did a little a little cheer in my seat (laughs) when I got that you've got mail sound
0: Uh, with late 90s HTML and CSS just that's right there was (laughs)
1: a movie based on
0: it. Basically, we get from the scene as well is that she is absolutely pouting about the fact that she can't go to Aspen. Hey, Meadow, if you want to go to Aspen, maybe don't sneak out of the house in the middle of the night to go blow a jock. Just throwing that out there. You had you had
2: choices. But it was important and this isn't fair. Oh, hey, John, why don't you have kids? What do you mean when you say you don't want any? <laughs> it's basically,
1: probably, tragically, how Jersey Shore ended up being a thing.
2: Do uh, not <laughs> blame do not put that on this show.
1: I'm trying not to, but the spoiled teenage just I will send
2: Snooki over to your house just to hang out. It was revenge for that. In the
1: trees like Predator.
2: <laughs> say, we're not going to do anything to you physically, but you just have to be around those people.
0: So at Artie's restaurant, Tony and Christopher have come up with some bullshit story about how they got these free cruise tickets. How does from Artie not see through this? He knows they're mobsters, but because he wants the acceptance, he wants this taste of a life he hasn't had because they basically give him cruise tickets suspiciously on the dates where Junior's likely to whack little pussy. I think he wants to believe that Tony's less of yeah, a gangster like he's, than he is. he's
2: deluded himself or something because his wife keeps trying to talk sense. You know, some dentist gave their kneecap for those. No, honey, come on. They were comps. Don't you get it? So Hesh and Pussy go and scare
0: the guy yes.
2: that Tony ran over for oh, the- this. murder
1: threat is great. Yeah, because
0: they take him to a bridge, and he's this guy's on crutches, and he's depressed. And they break up like, oh yeah, like I'm depressed I'm on Zoloft. You know, I'm depressed. He's like, oh, you on Prozac? No, no, I'm on Zoloft. It's it's got you know, it's, it's similar. Works a it's similar. Yeah. and they have like, hey, let's go over to the those rocks over there. Uh, <laughs> this
2: episode brought to you by Big Pharma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as they're kind of like, hey, we're going to go to this really isolated part of where we're at. And Pussy throws his ice cream off the bridge to kind of like highlight the fact that they're really
2: fucking high up. And the ice cream truck drives away and there's a kid on the bike chasing it. <laughs> <laughs> There is literally no one around. Yeah. And
0: he's like, you know what? Okay, let, let's give this this crazy scream a try. Because he was initially like being like, I don't want to do this. So out on the golf course, uh, Tony's taking some Prozac. Paulie calls him over. And apparently there's just this trash heap behind the golf course.
2: I took it he's not at a golf course. He's actually at, you know, the waste company that he supposedly works for as part of their cover. And there's just a grassy area nearby. Got it. Got it. He's just out chipping golf
1: balls. And this trash pile is brought to you by Mazzola. And uh, I think a subtle Sprite bottle was in there too. I wonder if they just sort of turned the camera around at the crafty table and just filmed that. (laughs) What can we put in
0: this shit pile? So apparently the Czechs have withdrawn their waste management bid. So I guess killing this nephew worked. Um, and Artie's also there and he gives Tony back the tickets. So shit, Tony's still got to deal with this Artie situation. Yep. So cut to Dr. Melfi on a date at a fancy restaurant. Uh,
2: the double restaurant entry.
0: I know, right? The table that the date booked can't get it and so this hostess this is adriana yeah you don't really know who she is yet you don't know who she is yet she is credited in the in the post credits as hostess but apparently they liked her enough where they made her an actual character and she will eventually date christopher as a hostess like she will keep this job this is like they they develop her character further from here but she's just the hostess in this episode tony walks in with his side chick
2: Melfi's date their reservation was made like five weeks ago or five months ago something like that that, but people just aren't leaving the tables. I'm sorry, sir, and there's so many couples ahead of you. And then Tony walks in.
1: (laughs) Has a word with the psychiatrist, and because of that, they get a table. I love the look that Tony gives to the psychiatrist's date. It's so... (laughs)
2: fantastic how you doing
1: <laughs> completely emasculates completely. him by the way
0: his side chick will also be recast so her name is arena she's the russian later on in the series but yeah they come they recast her from this blonde lady to an actual russian lady so this is another the brunette later on
2: yeah oh my i didn't know that was supposed to be the same character that's all such of a massive massive recast the precepts look kind of similar <laughs> anyway he motions the maitre d' who has the receptionist be like, we're getting your table right now. And Mel Vizier is like, holy shit. <laughs> like, you really do know who that is. And then it cuts immediately to walking into the same restaurant, but with Carmella. Oh, it was the same restaurant. I was curious about that. Okay. Yeah, it's the exact same guy. But when he walks in with Carmella, the maitre d' is like, we haven't seen you for so many months. Why don't you visit us? We're, you know, we love your business. He's very good at his job.
0: <laughs> very good. He tips that maitre d' very very well but we do get a, a, a brief thing to cut up the two uh, he, he takes his side chick to oh, his yeah. boat. casual boat yeah. sex is casual
2: nothing really happens here it's jfk's hat but i mean she does a sense that
0: there's something a little more intimate going on between him and dr melfi even though he tells her that he's just
2: his decorator Well, we just talk and she's like i'm a whore i know what just talk means <laughs> 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 Yeah, so at the restaurant
0: with Carmela Tony's like, look, I got a confession
2: Oh my god, Edie Falco is so good Oh, she's great scene. She's so good She shifts gears back and forth Just amazingly
0: Yeah, because she's like, oh fuck What are you gonna tell me? She's like, "Like, what are you doing? I'm getting my wine glass ready to throw it in your face Depending on how this confession goes And essentially. then he says,
2: I'm on Prozac And admits to seeing a therapist And all of a sudden she's just like, oh my god, this is wonderful I mean, it's 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 not quite the same as healing the spirit But it's a step and I'm so happy for you and you said, like, keep your fucking voice down Woman
0: Yeah I, they'll fucking kill me if they find out That I'm seeing a psychiatrist You
2: are literally the only person Because you're my wife You understand this <laughs> And then he fucks up and says something. She shifts gears right back again. Um, oh, I mean, she, start, no, but she starts talking about,
0: like, uh, Meadow. She decides, like, okay, we've talked about you enough. We're going to talk about me and Meadow because you seeing a psychiatrist. By the way, he very conspicuously refers to the psychiatrist as he. Right. He keeps the janitor of his psychiatrist secret for a long time because he doesn't want his wife well, to know. Well, because
2: she asks him a question like, "It's oh, well, you told him all about your mother, right? Who? Your doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah, him.
0: Because later in the season, she, he's gonna, she's going to she's going to find out that it's actually a woman and oh, yeah. that bothers her. She knows that Tony's fucking around on the side and that kind of bothers her. But when he, she finds out that he, the psychiatrist is a woman, that's a fucking issue. I think issue. it would have
2: bothered her regardless, but it's that you had to lie about it as well. You couldn't have told me up front. There's a bit of that. There's a bit of that. Yeah.
0: So Carmela's like lamenting her strained relationship with Meadow and Tony's like, Look, she's your daughter, she's gonna come back to you. So that that's kind of the, the gear shift that happens.
2: And, and as I already told you, she does. It gets better.
0: It does. <laughs> oh yes, it does. So Christopher calls Tony just as he gets home. Very convenient timing here. Apparently a little pussy that the one that Junior wants to kill is back in town, meaning that something's probably going to happen soon. And we get some nice news report exposition in the background letting us know that.
1: Yeah, my only note here is that the news, I don't think the news would ever
2: say pussy.
1: I think you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if we have any newscaster listeners, is pussy allowed on the evening news? Someone's
2: name. As someone's name. It's
1: not even a name. Who's named Pussy? A mobsters, apparently. It's their nickname. A mobster yeah. nickname, sure. But they wouldn't mention the mobster nickname if it was Pussy. Why not? I'm pretty sure they do. They, they
2: mention all the this other... This is going to be half of the episode, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. He's just going to keep coming back to this point every time we start talking well, about it. The, well, the
1: trouble is, is that pretty much after this point, I found myself so engrossed in this episode that I couldn't write any notes.
2: Wow. Painful. <laughs> just this is too damn good. Well, I think we're about to hit on my next note that I wrote, so go right ahead, Nick. So Meadow has a volleyball yes! game.
0: Yes! And and afterwards, she's like complaining to her dad about not being able to go to Aspen. I
2: know you went over it really quick, and that's because it's really fast, but I wrote, This is the third worst volleyball scene we've reviewed so far. <laughs> <laughs> The game barely happens, and it is a prime example of tell, don't show, because all you get is, like, the reaction of, oh, it was over the line, oh, you don't actually even get to see volleyball! What is with
1: all these shows and movies and volleyball? Far too many writers in Los Angeles... Are they, is that where all the writers are? They're just playing volleyball? Start
0: playing <laughs> volleyball. Maybe that'll help with my networking.
1: That's where you need to network if you're a screenwriter. Inside a tip. They're all playing volleyball.
0: Meadow's like talking about how she's not getting to go to Aspen. Trying to like play her father. See if he can't, you know, reverse Carmela's decision. And Tony's just not fucking listening. Takes her into the church. For he's the not even
2: pulling like the, look, your mom and I are a team sort of thing. Like he's just so good. He's stonewalling. He's not paying attention to a single fucking word she said. This is so good. Yeah,
0: he's talking about Italy here, essentially, because he takes her to the church, sits her down, is like, yeah, you know, your, your, your great-grandfather and your great-uncle, you know, they built this place. And, you know, talking about how modern society, men can't, don't even know masonry anymore, like waxing poetic about the past, not dealing with his problems in the present.
2: I do have a bit of a point about what he's talking about here, though. He mentions how they were masoners, like of laborers, that sort of thing, you know. Go out and find me someone who can, you know, grout your shower. Well, yeah, if you go and find the laborers not not the people hanging around the ucl ucla campus sure some of them might know how but that's not where you go you still just like back then get the people who are skilled at their work yeah there are more than you
0: think Tony. It's, it's
2: going back to his original rant about the new generation how christopher's one of them they want everything handed to Exactly. Yeah. no there are still laborers there always will be cut to
0: silvio burning down Artie's restaurant Nope, that solves that problem. <laughs> Clearly nothing
2: else will ever come of
0: this. Goes from nope. what we built to what we destroyed. Exactly. Mm. So back at Dr. Melfi's office, Tony tells her, look, I'm feeling better and I don't think I need to to see you anymore. And he's like, hey, you know, it's not the Prozac, right? That takes many, many weeks to build up a therapeutic level in your blood. Absolutely correct. Which is true. And uh, yeah, your improvement is likely from our talk therapy, which
1: has also been proven to relieve anxiety and depression. The only thing I would mention is that she probably would have told him about that before he took the Prozac. (laughs) I get a feeling that she did. (laughs) And he just (laughs) forgot. He just
2: didn't pay attention.
1: Uh, Started talking about Italy. (laughs) He wandered into a church.
2: (laughs) She really held back from starting that whole thing with, as you already know. (laughs) Prozac (laughs) takes weeks to build up effective levels in the blood. For the eighth time, Mister Soprano. (laughs) Prozac (laughs) takes several weeks.
0: so he tells her about a dream where he yes! unscrews belly his button belly dream. button and that his dick falls off and that a bird flies away with the dick. And she's like, well, what bird was it? I don't know. Maybe a pigeon or something. It's a seagull.
2: He just doesn't want to say it. Uh, it's a water bird. What's a water bird? A seagull, a pelican. A... She's like, you mean a fucking duck? It was a duck, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> she, I mean, she's got more tact.
0: It. Yeah. She's got more tact than that, but instead she's like, yeah, it was a I don't duck think wasn't he'd It make
1: a great therapist, Nick. <laughs> it was a fucking duck. <laughs>
0: But that's the thing. She she leads him, and here's the thing: in therapy, therapists aren't supposed to lead you into what dreams are and what they mean. They're supposed to guide you into interpreting it yourself. She's because she consistently kind of puts meaning on a lot of the things he goes.
2: There's also an audience. Most therapy sessions don't have audiences, yeah. so that you have to explain. That is that is, that is true. I, w-
1: I will I will give you that. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> it's sometimes they they offer suggestions. That's, that's quite common.
2: But basically
0: through this, realizes that the ducks represent his family and that what he's really dreading is losing his family. That's why the ducks leaving fucked him up My so much.
2: God, the fucking acting in the scene, because you see him realize it Yeah. without saying anything. You see it on his face and his body language. Yeah. Fucking amazing. It really is.
0: Cut to take two of AJ's birthday because we're gonna try this shit again because he collapsed last time. The grilling in the the backyard. Tony's got all his guys. He's got Paul. He's got Silvio. He's got Christopher. He's got Artie. Look at how I'm talking now because we're talking about the fucking surprise.
3: <laughs> That's
2: right. That's what it does. It's a to disease. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's a choisy bada <laughs> <laughs> Hey,
0: forget about it. So Artie is upset about losing his restaurant. You know, it's been his family for generations. And and yeah, insurance is going to take care of it, but it's still very traumatic. What happened to him? And everyone's like, hey, it
2: could have been worse. Christopher brings this up and everyone just starts shooting daggers at him with their eyes. Just shut the fuck up, kid.
0: Yeah, shut the fuck up. Like this went perfectly. Insurance is going to pay out. He's going to get a new restaurant and he's going to be fine. Like, shut the fuck up. Could have been worse. Like
2: if people stopped showing up. Why? would people stop showing up it was being good and like you better walk fucking walk away Christopher walk a- shut your mouth
1: and walk away given that wonderful hook that this kid is gonna be a problem yeah
0: he is going to be a problem so he storms off because he's kind of the meadow of the gang <laughs> 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 and after calming, you know Artie down uh, he goes over Tony goes over to He's like hey what the fuck was that and Chris, like you know what I would have liked some appreciation about taking some initiative on that check guy and dealing with that garbage contract, okay? Just a little appreciation. And Tony, holy shit, he's like, you know what? You're absolutely right. You know, I should have been more appreciative. You know, I'm sorry. You know, my parents never gave me compliments growing up, and that's like, this. you know,
2: basically says, hey, this is like a... This is the way I was raised. This is how I know how to react to situations, and let's be better about this moving forward. Exactly. The most mature
0: fucking response possible, and Christopher, because he's... Christopher. Christopher. He's like, yeah, well, guess what? I know somebody who's got a... Oh, God. You know, a D girl, a d- development girl. Don't call them develop D girl. <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, no shit. But this is 1999. I'm pretty sure that's what they were colloquially called. These are development executives, regardless of gender, if you want to know the actual term. Yeah, it's like, I know a D girl out in Hollywood and, you know, they pay me millions for, you know, to make a movie about my life. They even said I could play myself. Yeah. And Tony
1: flips out, grabs him by the collar.
0: Yeah, it's like, listen, you motherfucker. Like, you know what? You think I haven't had offers? You know, tells him to calm down, stay focused because they got a lot more business avenues that are coming up, all right? Don't fucking think about Hollywood and whatever. In the car, Tony's mom J- being driven oh, by Junior God. to the party, and you have the kids these days, and Tony treats his mother like shit. No, he doesn't. He's actually a really good son, despite how you fucking manipulate and treat him. Junior's pissed that he can't run the business like he wants, and this is where we he kind of drops it, like, look, I don't like how Tony's running things, and he kind of suggests that something might have to be done about Tony. He wants wants to kill his own fucking nephew to be the top boss, and this will happen. This will be a season long
1: arc. Like, so much shit happened in this season that I thought happened over the course of the series. The mother, her reaction is, the implication is that she's pretty much bringing this out of Junior. She's throwing logs on the fire, so to speak.
0: Right, and she has no reason to do it other than, like, because she's a fucking psychopath, it would just be entertaining for her. She just loves sowing chaos and destruction for her own this
2: ride started off with the pity party and oh bless you for picking me up because i would have never got to the party otherwise Mm. Uh, everyone's so nice to me and i'm
0: pretending they're (laughs) not and your brother was
2: a saint oh oh my johnny was a saint no he wasn't god what fucking episode was it where she starts going on your father was a saint and tony just says been nice if you'd have told him that while he was still here That
0: was one episode <laughs> yeah. this season. That 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 encounter definitely <laughs> happened this season. She shows up to the party with with Junior, and the first thing she does, she complains about Tony cooking the sausages yes! with mesquite.
2: She just walks in and just starts flipping shit soul crushing god
0: so well written so well acted god so carmella calls you know everyone's there big italian gathering carmella calls everyone inside to eat and everyone starts going in. And did anyone catch this line because meadow's friend is there she says meadow i'm not gonna eat are you
2: no i missed that one
0: you could hear it very faintly in the audio <laughs> Because again, she didn't. They didn't eat in the opening scene when you first met them. Okay, all right. And so the episode ends on the pool, just this empty pool where the ducks were, and that is the pilot. It's
1: one of the best hours. We
2: of got TV. through that a lot quicker than I thought we would. <laughs> we spent more time on an episode of G.I. Joe than we did on The
1: Sopranos <laughs> because there's so much more to rip apart. <laughs>
2: yeah no, that's true there are races to be held at midnight
0: so we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back we're gonna talk about the season finale called i dream of genie Cusimano," and we're gonna tie it into a lot of the incredible plot lines that happened during season one of the sopranos we'll be right back <laughs>
3: All right, Mafio Sus, it's time for our meeting. Did everybody get enough gabagool? Sure did, boss. Yeah, I love some gabagool. Good, good. Now, as vicious gangsters, we do some pretty messed up stuff. We extort people, we break their legs, brutally kill them. But we all know there's one thing that's worse than anything we do. Being gay. Oh! Oh, you kiss your mother with that mouth. I know, I know. I puked in my mouth a little just thinking about it. But we all got to get on the same page on what is and is not gay. Wouldn't want any of us accidentally becoming a schmaloni, you know?
1: Is schlamoni a real Italian slur for a gay dude?
3: Ah, who knows? First things first. Cunnilingus. So gay. Real schmaloni thing to do. Exactly. We all know the straight thing to do is blow in
2: another dude. Hey, if you can't help another guy clear his head, what else are you good for, huh? Nothing gay about being a good friend. All right, now next thing. Anal sex with a woman.
3: Oh, so gay. You gotta do it with like three other guys if you want to be straight.
2: It's just being
3: plain neighborly to let someone move your ass.
2: All right, this is good.
3: This is good. You know, we're all really straight over here. Now one last thing. Being romantically in love with a dame.
2: Ah, oh, forget about it. That's the most freaking gay thing ever. Yeah, why do
3: you think we all hate our wives? Dumb broads trying to turn us into schmalones. Loving another man with all the passion and brightness of the midday sun is the only way you can call yourself straight.
1: Got that right, boss.
3: Alright, now let's get our dicks out and give each other penis massages. It's been a real stressful week for everyone, but remember, no gay stuff.
1: Yeah, that's right. Bust my cannoli. That's the
0: dumbest thing I've ever written. And we're back and we're going to discuss the season finale of season one of The Sopranos. And I mean, I guess we should kind of like lay the groundwork of some of the major plots that go along during this season, of which there are there are many. There are some that are pretty significant, though. One of the big ones is that they suspect there is a snitch in their organization and Big Pussy falls under suspicion. But then they realize that actually it might be this guy called Jimmy also major beef between junior and tony major beef essentially tony makes fun of junior for giving oral sex to a lady and that makes him want to makes junior want to kill him on top of this beef he already has that's kind of like this weird final straw that he has because
2: yeah, of this stereotype or whatever within the community of if you eat pussy that makes you gay if you eat pussy, that means you'll give blowjobs. <laughs>
0: it's a really stupid <laughs> logic, but again, these are
2: like toxically masculine
0: yeah. men. So, yeah. They're... I mean,
2: it, it even gets blatantly called out. Like, wouldn't that make you the opposite of being
1: gay? Definitionally,
0: you also know. So there's
1: Tony's wife and uh, the priest in their relationship.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. This priest who we say gets recast, it's Michael Schultze, a guy who goes on to have a significant role in Nurse Jackie. He's now the priest and he's kind of the hot young thing and he's got this weird kink where he likes to get fed and watch movies. Basically pretend he's married with other people's wives if you think about
2: it. Yeah, there was this whole entire episode where Tony's out of town and she's sick so he comes by to check on her and it turns into this night of confession and he has a traveling communion kid and commun- I have never seen a sexier communion <laughs> I must say.
0: Oh yeah, is like she's on her knees there's like a
1: fire in the background
2: was we'll there lo- a hint <laughs>
0: of the uh, hint
2: of the erogenous
1: zones from Baywatch <laughs>
0: The late 90s, amongst the final erogenous zones of the 90s, yeah, it gives her a very sensual communion in a position where she basically could have started giving him a blowjob. It was, you know.
2: But it didn't. Yeah, didn't happen. And the end of that episode is where uh, she finds out about the doctor being a, a female because he comes in oh, the priest was here all night, huh? Slip you a little waver? And she's like, no. Oh, by the way, your doctor called. <laughs> And she's also a woman. Just throws him off the offensive immediately. No, no, it's not what you think. We just talk. It's no. no.
1: And uh, yeah, there's also the uh, fact that the mother gets moved into the retirement community. And basically with Junior, uh, Tony's uncle, basically plots to have him assassinated.
0: Yeah, plots to have Tony assassinated. Even though Tony kind of tried to settle things by making Junior... The boss of the family essentially like even though tony was just kind of running most things giving junior the title to try and placate his
2: yeah but everyone except for junior's closest considers this that he's just boss in name only
0: so between that and tony insulting him about doing really really gay things with women <laughs> Uh, he decides that Tony's gotta go and there's an assassination attempt before this. They try to outsource it to some non-Italians, particularly to black gangsters, and that doesn't happen. And they kind of refer to it as the attempted carjacking. Dr. Melfi is struggling with dealing with this mafioso, you know, she's got this client who's clearly in the mafia, but she really digs it. And she's doing mental gymnastics throughout about, oh, doesn't everybody deserve help and therapy and redemption and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you're putting your life in danger. This guy kills people This is not even morally gray. This is morally bad. What are you doing?
1: Yeah. And the restaurant owner and his wife have continual conflicts about Tony funding the restaurant. I think eventually he doesn't go to insurance,
0: even though they, you know, multiple inspections have shown that it was definitely not arson. He gets the money from Tony to avoid. He gets it from insurance.
2: No, he gets insurance. That's important. Okay, okay. But it was, should he file a new claim and start a new investigation, starts to become part of
0: it. Got it. Got it. And the FBI is kind of starting to make the rounds. So there's a lot going on. So
1: Christopher has um, a drug dealer friend who gets uh, killed by one of Junior's hitmen.
0: Right, because they were carjacking trucks that were under Junior's protection and they something had to be done about that, apparently. So Christopher's junkie friend gets killed. Also, I think Christopher also starts flirting with becoming a screenwriter.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that was a weird episode, wasn't it? <laughs> This is something that continues for him for
2: the entire series is trying to be a writer and break into Hollywood.
1: Yeah, he he goes through a writer episode, an actor episode, a music producer episode.
2: Well, the actor episode is acting for writers. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I believe
0: that happened. That it comes in the following season because in this one, yeah, he's trying to help his girlfriend, who's the hostess, become a music producer. Well, I, mean, I think he's a great
1: mm-hmm. character. But um, I do have a pet peeve. Nick knows about this. Uh, I'm not sure if John knows about this, but of writers writing about writers, which which does make my eye roll <laughs> a little bit. It's just come on.
0: So here's the thing: you you get it all in The Sopranos. You get writers writing about writers. You get actors acting about acting. And you get John Favreau, John Favreauing about about Jon Favreau. John Favreau. <laughs> yeah the yep. next season i mean as part of christopher continuing his hollywood escapades arc john favreau plays himself on the show and it's it's great so yeah you, you get a lot of these little hollywood metas shout out to john favreau in, in the show wonderful career very talented dude
2: <laughs> john favreau we know you're listening and we appreciate, we appreciate you john favreau
0: <laughs> that's right three guys you've never heard of who are nobodies in the industry think you're swell <laughs>
3: just great <laughs>
0: and unlike christopher we th- do think swingers was a good movie to there. I live down the road from the Dresden, and it's one of my favorite hangouts. Anyways, let's talk about this episode. As we mentioned before the break, I dream of Jeannie Cusimano. Jeannie Cusimano is the wife of his neighbor who's the doctor who treated him and who also referred him to Dr. Melfi after he had his fainting episode. And we open up this episode at The Butcher, where uh, Junior Tony, this guy Jimmy, who's probably not long for this world, they're all, they've all agreed to something related to business. And to Tony's like, yeah, he's he's wearing a wire as Jimmy leaves. He's the one and Junior gives him his blessing to yeah, no take questions. care of him. He's
2: just like, all right, take care of
0: it. So Christopher lures Jimmy to a hotel with the promise of Russian hookers.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. And Jimmy has misgivings at first because of Russian stereotypes.
1: He also feels like he hasn't dressed up nice enough for the prostitute.
0: Yeah, for these you know women who are a sure thing. It's like, look, I like to have a little class when I have sex for money.
2: <laughs> but Christopher gives him the, you look fine, you're wearing too much fucking cologne, and people are people. There's good and bad shitty everywhere. Don't matter where you're from. Surprisingly progressive coming from Christopher. <laughs> Yeah, who's literally
0: hits Adriana in later seasons. And Who, is geographically inept. You know, beats his girlfriend. Inept. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so takes Jimmy into a room because the, the, the Russian that they meet up with at the room is like, hey, yeah, let me just go get my friend, you know, and she leaves. And so, you know, like, yeah, let's get sit down. And then Sylvia walks in and they're like, ah, you're a rat and puts a bullet in the when back the of his door head. door
2: opens behind him, Jimmy goes for a gun. Yeah. He just hears the door open and goes for a gun on his ankle.
0: Yeah, his spider sense says, yeah, I should take my gun out from my ankle holster, but Christopher blocks his hand so he can't He's pull
1: He's studied it back. under the hoff, you know, he, he just senses things.
2: He's not very good on picking up clues as you go, but once you get there, that <laughs> spidey sense clicks in, and maybe if Christopher sang at him, he could have picked up earlier, I don't know. I think that's what, what had to happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also for Christopher make sure to let us know that he made sure that he wasn't wearing a wire before he came out made sure he couldn't change that's why I didn't let him change just so he couldn't go put his wire on yeah so cut to Meadow getting smooched on the couch back at the Sopranos place not smooching just getting smooched <laughs> <laughs> she's like very not into this guy who's on top of her just smooching her watching some horror movie and she's
2: kind of worried about you know like the parents walking in
0: well he worried because it's like yeah if your dad walks in and sees my dominican ass on his daughter then things will not go well for me
2: so i'm just gonna continue trying to make out with
1: you in the, like one of the most public spaces in this the house teenagers are just the best you know they're intelligent they're well
2: aj's more intelligent com- complicated aj's definitely more com more uh intelligent about anyway well it's it's like three seconds away
0: so livia Tony's mom, shows up outside starts calling out for her sister because apparently she's just taken all the crazy pills. She doesn't know what year it is. Like, her sister is long dead at this point and thinks meadows her sister. And she's basically playing up the Alzheimer's thing. Or does she? She she
1: does the worst thing, which is interrupt um, a young boy masturbating.
2: Yep, that's what I mean about AJ. He's up in his room with the lights off. (laughs) The bed is shaking and then he hears the scream and he scoots forward and pulls his shorts up and zips oh i did not it, pick up on that i, I kind of missed it first i'm like wait a second he just put his shorts on and like had to <laughs> like 15 seconds rewind you
0: know? yeah because he looks out the way he's like ah oh, fuck <laughs> way to kill my boner grandma God, again <laughs> and so a cop shows up because apparently, you know, a neighbors complain. He's like, hey dear, you know, are you okay? Like neighbors saw you walking down the highway, you acting strange. Yeah, basically trying to establish that at least she seems to be losing her mind. Put a pin in that because this might be a root. Well, that's
1: the thing. I mean, throughout the first season, I think, is this whole back and forth between is this her mental illness or is this intentional? It's uh, it's actually the, the really incredible dynamic that this character has, which I just find absolutely incredible.
0: But I think by the end of the episode, they give us a definitive answer about where she ends.
2: And in subsequent seasons, she doesn't seem to have uh, too much in the way of Alzheimer's or mental. Oh, it's all right. Forgetfulness or anything like that. She's much sharper. But she gets back to like in home care.
0: So, Tony is now at Dr. Melfi's. He's telling, kind of relaying the incident to her, tells her that they're getting their mother, his mother tested for Alzheimer's again. They're actually moving her to the nursing unit. And Dr. Melfi's like, hey, uh, don't you think it's kind of coincidental that this memory loss happens right after the failed hit on you? This
2: carjacking? Oh, yeah. She does her best to be a good friend here.
0: <laughs> kind of implying, hey, I think your mother tried to have you whacked. Yeah,
1: no. Love- Not something to say to Tony. Yeah, he doesn't take this well. She's like, look, I think
0: your mother has borderline personality door. Let me pull out the DSM-4. And this is what's going to really date this show, because we are up to the DSM-5 now. The diagnostic and something manual. It's where all the mental disorders are are listed.
2: Yeah, because he's like, borderline. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? She's like, here, let me give you the definition. All right.
0: It's basically his mother do a T. Manipulative. Doesn't feel it's empathy.
2: her photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just her photo in the DSL
0: <laughs> and this Fox, Tony, off. He barrels oh, over to her, yeah. looms over, gets right in her face. He's like, that's my fucking mother you're talking about. You know what the fuck you're talking about. And this is where I did notice, I mean, because again, we're going to struggle to find things to complain about because this show is so well made. There's two very different angles about how far she's leaning back during this moment. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so you notice when it, it's shot off to the side, kind of like looking at both of them in profile, and she, he is really, really close to her, you know, nose to nose essentially she is leaned all the way back she is basically parallel to the like her upper body is essentially parallel to the ground but when you kind of have the over the shoulder shot with tony she's definitely leaning further up hmm. so there's a bit of an inconsistency in terms of her body position but this is like the level of nitpicking we have <laughs> to. it's what i was reduced to later
1: on too because there's a moment like that a little later it's just when when you when you're told to try to rip on a great tv show this is what we're Reduced to. This is why I'm furious that we had to do this.
0: <laughs> so anyway, he storms out, and this has freaked out Dr. Melfi, and she immediately locks the door behind him, barricades it with a chair. Like holy fuck, I just playing with fire, and she got a bit burnt here. Yep. So now we're at Artie's brand new restaurant. Uh, Carmela's talking to Jackie's wife, Rose. So Jackie, I think he was like the he was the head of oh, the family the who boss. got cancer and died. Yeah.
2: And Adriana, the hostess, is his niece. Got it. I'm not sure how explicit it is in the first season. I really was just paying attention to the first and last episode. I kind of skipped the other ones. Um, (laughs) But very much made known later on. It's something you don't easily forget. Yeah,
0: so Jackie, the former boss, died of cancer this season. And so basically, you know, they're they're speculating about, like, man, what what, what would have happened to Jackie if he hadn't died of cancer? Like, you know, this this line of work that our husbands are slash were in. And Artie's really excited about the new place. The insurance really came through. Asks about Tony's mom. Heard about the incident the other night. You know, he's very sympathetic towards her. Pin in that. That'll come back. Back in the kitchen, Artie's wife again. Because we've had a whole season of, like, I don't want this place to be another fucking mob hangout she really doesn't want the mob involved it's like but think about all the buzz that that would create if we were known as a mob hangout she's like we don't need that kind of buzz all (laughs)
1: All publicity
2: is good publicity bullshit i call bullshit she keeps trying to tell him she keeps trying to tell him and he just doesn't see it somehow
0: so Father Phil, priest who had overt feelings for Carmela, shows up, sits down, you know, talking about the delicious things he's cooked with Carmela. really wishes that Tony would have come and talk to him after the carjacking. They all think it's a carjacking, anyone who's not intimately involved with the family. And it turns out that Roe, Jackie's wife, gave him his watch.
2: Yeah, gave Father Phil her ex-husband's watch,
0: which you see in a shot where he grabs her hand to comfort. And starts rubbing her hand, and Carmela sees this and's like, "Hey, is this uh, what the is Jackie's wife getting, uh, <laughs> you know, making moves on my my side piece, my spiritual side piece?" Yeah.
2: Wait for it. She definitely picks up on some shit here.
0: And so this next scene, this tripping over yourself and discovering Jimmy's body scene is brought to you by Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: my notes on this is that, you know, it, it must have been such a thrill to drop all of that terrible beer on the floor. I'm sure the guy went home and he said, well, I found a body, but on the bright side, all the Budweiser smashed.
0: <laughs> yeah, now there's enough room in my fridge for a real beer like Sam Adams. Sam Adams, please sponsor us. <laughs> And by the way, is that a rat in his
1: mouth? Yeah, I wasn't sure what was in his mouth. They stuff his mouth with something. It looks like a small animal. It looks like the the rat end of a a sound boom pole.
2: I say I couldn't tell, but that would make sense since he was ratting them out.
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's symbology.
0: It's symbology, but it looked very fake, whatever it is they stuffed in their mouth. So it's like, did they get a fake rat? I feel like they would have used a real rat, but they're not going to put a real rat in the actor's mouth.
1: It's like I said, they took the rat off the boom mic. I think they call that a cat.
0: Anyways, yeah, it it looks very fake even though I think the implication is that they stuffed his mouth with a rat because he is a rat. So the FBI now brings Tony into a dingy basement to talk. They really want him to testify and Tony's like, I'm going to testify. Testify for what? I'm I'm a legitimate businessman kind of thing.
2: Really? We're doing all this again? Seriously, guys? You already know what my answer is. And they're like, listen to this.
0: Yeah, they play him some tapes of uh, Junior and Livia essentially like scheming to kill him. He hears his own mother and uncle plotting to kill him.
1: is uh, You know, one of the things he brings up is that Italian families are matriarchal. Is that true? I think that's true. Matriarchal in
0: name only? Like, ostensibly matriarchal, but let's be honest, the dad makes the major decisions. I am not sure. Italian-Americans, let us know. Yeah, he learns that his mother and uncle are trying to kill him. Also finds out that the nursing home is bugged because when the FBI found out that several of these mobsters were putting their mothers in the same facility it made sense to bug the place
2: there was some plot point where the mobsters were under the impression that they weren't allowed to or maybe just they wouldn't think to bug a nursing home sorry assisted living community it's not a nursing home retirement
1: community she's brainwashed you too john
2: it has a nursing ward just in case
1: So Artie now brings Olivia some food in the nursing home. This is the point of the other continuity error because in one cut, she's smiling wide at the chef as he's bringing food and then as he leans in, you see that she's clearly mid-scowl in the other cut. Again, these are the kinds of nitpicks <laughs> <laughs> I was desperately trying to find.
2: Yeah, but she goes from thinking that he was a good friend of her husband all the way to, hey, I'm not outright saying this, but go kill my son. The shit she shifts through in this scene is amazing.
0: Right, she pretends she doesn't remember him and also, like, really pushes his buttons because, you know, he's like, oh, how's your mother? Oh, she's dead. Oh, yo, she makes a great so-and-so. Like, like I Ignores the fact that he just said she's dead and talks about her as if she's still alive to push his buttons but he's you know to watch him squirm as he pretends to be you know nice
2: how was she she's been dead six months oh give her my regards i always like to see her
0: and she's like oh you know you seem so chirpy you know even though tony burned down your restaurant you know you like you're not mad about that you're a bigger man than i
2: yeah forgive him for that
0: yeah take that in stride because again she just lives to start shit and this fucks up artie so at the Bada Bing... And we get to see the sign now. We do get to see the sign. It's amazing. Every time makes me chuckle. I want a neon sign <laughs> of the Bada Bing to put on my my wall. Put it on your All car. Right. I will die alone, so I might as well have some fun. <laughs> so Tony walks in. He's looking really bummed. And uh, my note here is that the music choice is exactly what Jules plays at poker night, confirming that you do, in fact, Jules play stripper music for poker <laughs> night.
1: Excuse me. It is a uh, gentleman's night for legal reasons. <laughs> it's a gentleman's club Hunger? night.
3: <laughs> I hardly know her. Oh, I can and so
0: he lets him know that Junior and his Lieutenant Mikey took the hit out on him. They're like, OK, so they're going to go take out the guy that Junior would normally go to to kill him. They're like, you know, let's be proactive because he's probably going to try and come at you again. He's not going to use somebody he doesn't trust. Let's kill the guy that he doesn't trust. And then we'll go after him and his his lieutenant. Right. Yep. Basically. Yeah. Basically, here's the plan. We go on the offensive now. But
2: They made a very timely reference when saying all that he's not going to use boys to men
0: (laughs) (laughs) because the last hit men were black so back home tony is just emotionally devastated by the tapes he's like fuck what did i ever do in my life to make my uncle and my mother want me dead and tony as somebody who is estranged from one of his parents and his entire extended family in general it's not always your fault dude Sometimes you're just born into a shitty family. And Carmela, ever the um, the down player, calls his mother a peculiar duck, <laughs> trying to tell them that it's not his fault.
2: And he announces what brought us to this moment. Oh, yes. He says, cunnilingus and psychiatry
1: <laughs> brought us to this. <laughs> I like to think that was the pitch for the show. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired you david chase
2: <laughs> cunnilingus cunnilingus and psychiatry.
1: <laughs> i'm just gonna blame those two things on everything wrong in my life
2: so you could just replace every episode title
1: <laughs> next job interview you go to what's your biggest weakness well cunnilingus and therapy
0: just can't get enough of them <laughs> And also, he, like, he lets her know that, hey, look, don't... like. Carmela says, man, I could just kill her with both my hands. He's like, don't get involved with this. Just play the dutiful daughter-in-law. Pretend like nothing happened. So by a river dock, Tony kills, I guess, the guy that Junior would have gone to to kill him.
1: And I love the way he does it, too. He pulls the gun out of a fish.
2: <laughs> yeah. He
1: gets really theatrical with this. He pulls a fish. I, I like the idea of him buying a fish and walking all the way from his car car down to the dock with a gun and a fish and then he gets there and it turns out the fish has swallowed it and he has to get down so like, one sec, one sec, I got it
2: <laughs> I prefer that he took the time to catch a fish this large. <laughs> like he couldn't do
0: the hit until he'd caught the right, right. fish of the right be big
2: enough that he <laughs> can shove his arm down its mouth. You know
0: Yeah, you got to hide a gun in there. How does nobody hear these
2: gunshots? Nobody ever hears gunshots in this show. That's true.
0: Yeah, this is out of the open, broad daylight. Okay, it's a little overcast, but it's pretty bright outside. Them
2: kids in there, M80s and cherry bombs.
0: So he shoots the guy. Silvio brings over some chains and some cinder blocks, and they take the boat out way down the body in the river. So Dr. Melfi is about to leave her office, and she spots Tony in the way... Waiting room. She's like, nope, fuck this. Runs back inside to lock the door. So she's like, wait, no, come on. Let's I, 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 let's talk. And she's like, I'm dialing 911. Literally dials 911. And she's got the 911 operator on.
2: On the phone, like nine one one. What's your emergency? Yeah, they definitely would have sent police hearing what just is about to happen.
0: Yeah, when you hear the, you hear talking in the back, indistinct. You would have sent somebody. There's there's enough call tracing technology in the late nineties to warrant dispatching somebody.
2: It doesn't really mute very well. She puts the phone to her chest and then screams because he's on the other side of the door across the office. Do I have your word? I'm in no harm if I open the door. Yeah, that that would lead to. Police are showing up after this.
0: (laughs) abso fucking they are showing up. But no, apparently they don't, because he, he gives him her word, gives her his word, mm-hmm. and she puts it down. But she slips a giant pair of scissors
1: in her sleeve just in case she needs yeah. to I mean, I, I just couldn't get the, the mo from Simpsons moment out of my head where he says, "You, That's right, you let him in, gain their confidence, and then bam, the old fork in the eye. But in this case, scissors <laughs> up the sleeve.
0: So she brings him in for a session, and he just lets slip that he's heard the FBI text and apparently she has to be an accessory to something at this point. Like, he is being way too casual well, yeah, about- yeah, his
2: point in being there is not to have a session. She keeps trying to. Yeah. And he's finally like, shut up. We don't have time for this. You need to get out of town. People are after me, and part of the reason is because we come here and talk oh, but we don't really discuss anything. Yeah, they don't fucking know that. They don't fucking care. Get out. Exactly.
1: Out. <laughs> but it's also to sort of apologize as well.
2: Well, yeah, because, he, yeah, the whole thing about his mom. He does apologize yeah. and then get the fuck out. But to get there,
0: he we have to listen to him talk graphically about a sex dream he had about his neighbor, Jeannie Cusimano, the namesake of this episode. Which is <laughs> funny and awkward, to know. yeah,
2: because Melfi's a friend of her. And he starts talking about so how he's anyways, looking at- style. Yeah, and, and just <laughs> I'm staring at her big ass and she's like, interesting. You would say that she's a rather slick woman. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, she doesn't have a big ass. Picturing Al Pacino from heat. <laughs> Bet she's got a
2: great ass.
0: <sighs> so, yeah, basically tells her that, yeah, she's got to get out of town. And she's like, look, I got suicidal patients and, he's you know, tough shit. You're going to die. <laughs>
2: he's like you can't help him if you're dead.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So she's she's got to leave. Behind the butchery, Tony encounters Artie, and Artie whips out a hunting rifle and points it at Tony. And at first I thought this was ridiculous, but... Artie's got a gun. (laughs) Artie's got a gun so Artie's got it and first I was like oh my god why the fuck does he have a hunting rifle that's ridiculous and I thought oh yeah. that's probably all he could get with the gun laws in New Jersey go. so it's not as ridiculous as it might he's a legitimate he actually is a legitimate business owner
2: in he actually show. is a
0: legitimate businessman you know he can't he doesn't have access to handguns without a waiting period can't get assault rifles because those are illegal and I'm pretty sure in New Jersey they might even have a waiting period for shotguns so
1: happily this is a situation where there are absolutely Absolutely no pedestrians in this crowded parking lot.
0: No pedestrians, nobody else coming back to their cars in this parking lot. Just a nice private open air space for them to have a confrontation about the fact that Tony burnt down his. This exchange
1: is so good, though, especially the final line so by Tony. It's so good. It builds up to it. But uh, yeah, so Nick, go ahead. And I want to deliver the final line.
0: Yeah, so basically, Artie knows everything. He he knows that Tony did it in order to prevent a hit from going down in his restaurant. He's like, that's fucking crazy. And Tony Tony looks at me like, do you think I'm that fucking stupid <laughs> that I would do that, basically? <laughs> and, you know, denies the whole thing, blames it on his mother going senile. Like, you can't believe anything my mother would say. And he swears to Artie that he didn't burn the place down, which is technically true. Technically
2: true. true. He Sylvia didn't blew that
0: personally. Shit do it silvio did he ends
1: on the line you know when he says look at me tell me the truth i swear on my mother (laughs) such a good line
0: such a good line so good and Artie, because he realizes he can't be mad at him, breaks the rifle over the back of his car. Doesn't dent it, by the way. Like, this car is made out of adamantium or something. Old cars were
1: built solid, man. No <laughs> crumple <laughs> points on this station wagon. That shit's rolling into combat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Right, Dave, we built things to last. <laughs>
1: So we cut to
0: a very tense dinner with Junior and Livia at the Soprano household with, you know, everyone's there. Carmela, Tony, AJ, Meadow. And Tony basically confronts his mom about telling Artie about the fire at the restaurant. And she pretends that she doesn't even know who Artie is. Yeah. Again, illness
1: or manipulation.
0: So now Artie goes to talk to Father Phil about all this rage he feels inside. And again, this is where I got confused about the insurance because I thought he claimed on the insurance, but then it sounds like he just says he claimed on the insurance and got the money from somewhere
1: else because he thought he would be committing fraud if he went to the insurance. He claimed on the insurance, but now finding out that it was burned down, he's worried that it's going to be a fraudulent claim and that he'd lose the money.
2: Ah, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, if he acts on that, And there's still, you know, and then there's, hey, this was never ruled as anything suspicious like ours. And then there's defamation suits and he could lose the restaurant.
1: But yeah, he's, he's going over the moral side of it, basically, that he knows that it's fraudulent. He knows that it was burned down intentionally.
0: And basically, Father Phil's like, hey, you know, have you talked to your wife about this and discussed things with her? And he hasn't because he doesn't really want to burden her. And he, Father Phil really encourages him to, like, do this as a family, essentially. So in the back room of the butchery now...
2: Another sort of confession.
0: Another sort of confession, because Tony comes clean to Christopher, Silvio, and Paulie about seeing a psychiatrist. He's like, look, you know, we're only going to talk about this once. Like, I'm seeing a psychiatrist and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Big reason why Junior wants to have me whacked, and, you know, what do you think? Most of them are
2: super cool about it, like Silvio's like, yeah, I'm sure you were discreet about it, cool, whatever. The way Silvio talks it's it seems like he's not comfortable with the idea but does want to say you know what i'm here for you no matter what because he he's really strangely thoughtful on his work yeah. <laughs> i mean that's kind of Silvio to a t and his buddy reveals he went to therapy polly yeah polly went to therapy as well it turns out like a year or so prior i, I had some issues bad bad coping strategies helped a lot <sighs>
0: Yeah, learned some coping strategies, you know, and I'm not going to tell you about what the fuck it was about. So, and then Chris has to pout like he's been betrayed and walks out. Yeah, he seems like really confused about the concept of therapy in general. He's like, "Oh, see, man, it's like 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 marriage counseling." Is like Tony's like, "Yeah, something something like that," and just Christopher gets up and storms out.
2: Christopher's been to marriage counseling <laughs> before
0: what but i feel like that's maybe in their world that's the only legitimate form of therapy as long as it's about keeping your marriage together i'm not sure but yeah he christopher doesn't take it that well
2: yeah it's it's not viewed as a very good profession in their world yeah it was when livia found out a psychiatrist that's just a racket for the jews (laughs) yeah it looked on very well no, a lot of stigma.
0: Brings out the old racism and anti-Semitism from certain segments of the community, yeah. So Carmela is bringing some food to Father Phil because that's part of her kink. That's how she gets her extramarital yep. affairs without actually having sex with anyone. But Ro, Jackie's wife, is already there and she's
2: feeding Dr. Not Dr. Phil, <laughs> Father <laughs> Phil. <laughs> but she is literally feeding him. Like, they're not sitting there eating together. It's, here's your bite oh you got you got a little sauce on your cheek there
0: Mm, why yes i did use fresh basil it just tastes better that way and this fucks carmella off she just takes her dish outside and chucks it in a trash can well she empties it in trash can it's a very nice dish so she wants to take it home with her but she's not gonna give that pasta to anybody
2: (laughs) yeah i had um carmella is a dick to homeless people yeah (laughs) yeah and here's the thing. I mean, Italian food
0: is delicious, but between the carbs, the cured meat, and the bread, how are they not
1: all dead by 32? <sighs> olive oil. Oh, that's the secret. It's olive oil and red wine,
2: olive oil and cappuccinos. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's how the Roman Empire was built. What's
2: it? I thought it was Conquest and Slaves. I read the wrong book.
1: What do you think they
0: were drinking to give them energy? (laughs) The blood of
2: their victims? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's how they made the foam for their cappuccinos.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Blood foam. Uh, (laughs) Any Venture Brothers fans here?
0: I have not seen Venture Brothers*. That
2: is the thing the guy's talking about this crazy murder scene, some monster, you know, and it was like the person who's translating. It's, it's like he walked into a room where someone shook up a cool can of blood soda. <laughs> 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 anyway, moving
0: right because we can't make fun of anything in this show. We gotta find humor about tangential things like blood cappuccino. <laughs> so at Artie's restaurant, uh, Adriana, uh, Christopher's girlfriend, getting settled in. I guess like you were saying. Jackie's
2: niece, so
0: helping him out.
2: I mean, I guess, yeah, they're just barely getting together at this point, but knowing what a part she plays and how connected she is, it's like she doesn't want the mob the restaurant to be a mob hangout. So she hires this person. <laughs> who's very connected to the mob very connected but to adriana's credit she's
0: a fucking pro she's gonna she will change her ways to fit the restaurant how they want to run things she's not going to pretend that she's you know the hostess with the mostest you know and this really makes artie's wife really happy and she's just so optimistic about the new restaurant and she's telling artie that as he's trying to like have lunch
1: and she has a weird positive stereotype about the portuguese
2: Yeah, apparently
0: they're really good
1: exterminators.
0: They're very, (laughs) um...
2: Apparently the most diligent. You know that old stereotype about the Portuguese and, you know, their hatred of vermin. (laughs) Super (laughs) well-known. Super (laughs) well-known. Portuguese will not abide a pest.
0: Look, if you need an exterminator, you gotta go Portuguese. So she's like, yeah, so what'd you really want to talk about? And Artie's is just not going to rain on her parade by burdening her with his guilt about what happened. And
1: he's like, I really like the bar stools. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted to fucking talk to you about. Which is subtextually, I'm not telling my wife about the fraud.
2: But that's why I wanted to see this scene continue. Like we just see her so happy about that thought and then it cuts. and <laughs> She'd be like. So anything else? Nope. Just just the bar stools. That's what I had to call you over here to talk about. That's what was so important. I needed to call a family meeting
0: about my enjoyment of the new bar stools. So great is my love
1: for
3: these new
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: bar stools. I'll tell you, this is so much like my life, it's scary. <laughs> family meetings about bar stools. It's a thing.
2: I was like, you never called me over to tell you. You're
1: not family. Oh. We're not married yet.
2: Since <laughs> we... <laughs> <laughs> Wow.
0: Lover's quarrel. The
2: last one that I've been editing, you and Nick were the couple. (laughs) It's an open
0: relationship. We're a polycool here. We pass each other (laughs) around.
2: All right, cut to
0: breakfast at the Soprano household, and this family breakfast is brought to you by Peanut Butter Captain Crunch. Peanut Butter Captain Crunch, the mouth-shredding power of regular Captain Crunch with a delightful peanut crunch. And Tony's super happy, probably knows that that he'll soon be bathing in the blood of his enemies. Yep,
2: he's in a remarkably good mood. In fact, everyone has to comment on what a good mood he's in.
0: So Mikey, who's Junior's right-hand man, is going out for a run, but not before verbally abusing. his wife
2: yeah who it turns out is his wife <laughs> and she starts yelling where he's like ho shut up i
1: do love this jogger chase though and uh, just as a reminder mikey is the guy who killed christopher's friend
2: spoiler For when Christopher yells it in five seconds. Well, it's not a spoiler because we saw it happen. (laughs) I just want to imagine someone not really knowing what this show is and seeing Mikey about to go for his run. It's like, that's not how you stretch. He's going to injure himself on this run. That's what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, he does like a very
0: performative, like three-second stretch and he just goes for it. And he coughs as well. He caught COVID on this on the way. Yeah, Smoker's Cough and Smoker's Cough runs are the best runs. I can attest.
2: (laughs) Are you sure? It's not just Jersey
0: air.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a Jersey
0: air thing. Yes, yeah, so he goes for a jog in scenic New Jersey, and my my question here is: How the hell did people go for runs without music? He, like, did people just go for runs just to run like fucking crazy people? Like, how did they do this? Well, I
2: don't know because he should have at least had a Walkman.
0: Yeah, you could walk with run with a Walkman. I mean, they're a little bulky, but Jesus, I I can't go for a run with that music or a discman, right?
2: A discman we would often skip. I don't think we were up to the, uh, the mini disc. Mini- Yeah, yeah, but uh, a Walkman, yeah, you had armbands for it, you could clip it on a belt clip.
0: Paulie and Christopher are driving up behind him, and how the hell did he not hear this car? (laughs) They're like 20 feet behind him, and they're just following cars.
1: Don't make sound until you get (laughs) a feeling 10 feet away.
0: He hasslehoffed
2: it. He it. He
0: got it. his sixth sense. <laughs> he books it into the woods. Polly and Christopher run out with their pistols. And Polly, in the middle of this chase through the woods, runs through some poison
1: ivy. I don't know why I loved it. And
0: this is... Such a great touch because eventually Mikey trips and falls into a creek. And before he can get up, Christopher shoots him in the leg. So obviously he's done for at this point. Yeah, pretty much. So you have a contrast of Mikey begging for his life and Christopher yelling at him about killing his friend. And you got Polly complaining about fucking the fact poison that he's got fucking
1: poison ivy pa- all over. And then the killing happens.
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And yeah, Mikey in some water. Yeah, a little bit of a <laughs> parallel there. Christopher yelling, You shot him in the fucking bathtub he didn't have a chance for run. i can feel it itching already <laughs> <laughs> such a good scene so
0: good yeah he tries to blame it on junior and they're not buying oh it.
2: yeah that was great it wasn't me junior so I'm like are you fucking kidding me mr Magoo? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Paulie and Christopher unload their pistols into Mikey and he's he's dead. I think we could safely say he's dead. I
2: like that not every shot landed. You had little squibs or whatever under the it's water. True. And then the dirt around him, it's yeah. Good touch. And the ways the two different characters win at shooting the shit out of him. Paulie is just standing there, just unloading his gun, all professional. And Christopher's like throwing a punch with every single pull of the trigger. This is fucking personal for him,
0: and that's definitely going to affect accuracy. That's probably why some of those shots <laughs> landed yeah. on the ground. These guys didn't come across to me as guys who go to the range and
2: practice very often. Nah, they got on the job training.
0: <laughs> so now we get a POV montage of the FBI arresting Junior and. And his top captains. Yep, rounding up
2: the usual suspects is what I have here.
0: It's so good because they knock on the door, each one of them opens up, sees the FBI badge and they're like, ah, fuck. Like, <laughs> 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 They just know yep. that they're fucked. And so in Tony's room, we get some TV exposition that lets us know that they were all arrested for racketeering. And this is lucky for Junior because this means Tony can't kill him. Yep. So the kids come in and they try to play it. Off, and Tony tries to play it off like a big injustice that Junior, their uncle, was arrested. And <laughs> Meadows just like, no, dude, like, yeah. I, I know you're a fucking yeah. mobster at this point. Like, we know.
2: But when the, like, Uncle Junior arrested, AJ's like, sweet. <laughs> And he thinks it's cool. He's like, "Oh,
0: that's pretty awesome." But I was like, "Yeah, Uncle Junior got arrested." He's like, "Cool."
1: <laughs> I think Tony smacks
2: yeah, him. Tony for smacks him that. in the back of the head. A legitimate businessman. The
1: news interview with the wife of Mikey.
2: <laughs> the last thing he said was how much he loved me.
1: No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't know that he's dead yet because the the yeah.
0: TV report thinks he's missing. They they believe he might they have left the state off. knowing. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony gets a call from his lawyer. And then in the kitchen, Tony explains what the lawyer said to him because he tells Carmela that, you know, the reason why he didn't get indicted is because Junior was arrested for things that he had done on the side with these other guys. So he was not involved in the things they got arrested for. And Tony's stressed out. He knows the FBI's got stuff on him and that some of the guys who got arrested might flip. Yep. So, you know, the, the FBI is circling his business and his family. They've literally been in his household. So at Artie's restaurant, um, Artie tells Father Phil that he's decided to not tell his wife. He doesn't want to bring her down and that Livia isn't exactly a reliable source of information. I
1: love the way he tries to explain it to the priest as well. I'm like a positively charged ion and a negatively charged ion. Physics way of explaining it. The priest is like, what the hell are you talking about?
0: (laughs) Yeah, he wants to be a positive ion. He doesn't want to be a negative ion. You know, hey, you know, positive ions only. (laughs) put that on a (laughs) tattoo and yeah so he tells the father that he's in p at peace and the priest kind of like okay what the fuck is all this so you came to me to talk about all this stuff and decided to do nothing great So in jail, the FBI investigator, the lead investigator, wants Junior to testify that Tony was actually the one running things. Because basically what they want is to get to the New York mobsters who are kind of the real deal. Kind of insulting, but it's true. North Jersey is not exactly the big time mob show in that part of the world. Junior will not give up he's Tony, got and it pride. too
1: much pride. He's got
0: too much pride. He's he's not going to admit that Tony runs things. It's it's not a matter That's of all
2: they want him to say. You were the figurehead. Tony was actually running things behind the scenes.
0: But he won't do it. Yeah, not because he has any honor, but because his ego won't let yep. him. So, father. F- Phil is just waiting in the Soprano house when yeah. Carmella comes home with groceries the maid let him in. And left. And left yeah she just left this strange well not I guess she must have known that he's a regular there but just let him stay unsupervised. And this intrusion by a man who's part of an international child rape cabal is brought to you by Snyder's pretzels and Aunt Jemima because those are the items she conspicuously pulls out of
2: the paper bag I in the middle of this exchange. I that that's what- what they were supporting.
0: Well, this is pre-spotlight. So he's, you know, supposedly there to discuss turning Tony away from sin. And Carmel is like, no, he's a lost cause. Just you're, you're barking up the wrong tree
2: at this point. You came over here to get off without getting off. That's why you're here, Father. You brought a movie that has people in it I talk about that I don't like. One thing I go to ask is, what what's a schnora? Yeah, does he keep using Yiddish? He does. Because he's like, you must think I'm a schnora. as well. Oh, I, something I in... might be wrong. <laughs> Well, no, he's, he, he uses a few different phrases is my point, but like- at, at Yeah, first, let me
0: schlep those for you, referring to the bags. And I don't think that's the correct use of schlep, but yeah, the guy from is. the church that was responsible for the Inquisition against the Jews <laughs> feels comfortable using Jewish slang. That's In an yeah.
2: Italian house. Like, it's not like he's trying to fit and in. And he doesn't seem to have a Jewish
0: background either. Yeah, it's very weird. So basically, she's kind of fed up with him, calls him out for praying on spirit spiritually thirsty women to flirt with sexuality and also tying it up with food which pretty much sums him up well yep and she's also probably pissed because she didn't have an exclusive relationship with him to indulge in her feeder kink and after basically completely calling him out on his bullshit, he doesn't say a word. He takes the DVD with Renee Zellweger. She doesn't like Renee Zellweger. He doesn't listen. Kind of like Tony and I don't need two Tonys.
2: Well, yeah, basically that. You could see it in the uh, the first episode. She knows he's got plenty of women on the side, you know, because it was AJ's birthday. And all right, I'll leave work early. Not talking about work. She knows. And now she's getting it from this other guy. And
0: Yeah, you deserve better, Carmella. So Tony goes to the nursing home to kill his own
2: mother. Yep. Right. Rubs a pillow. He's ready. He is angrily fluffing it, you know, because <laughs> clearly he just he's just gonna make her comfortable. Clearly, yeah,
0: comfortable during her dirt nap. But she has faked a stroke just in time to go to the hospital.
2: And the it's not one of the nurses, but like it must be one of the administrators. Oh, great! Your wife got a hold of you. Wait, what are you talking about? And it's like your mom's had a stroke, and he gets the most devilish grin on his face. Almost starts laughing. And like, just throws the pillow into her hands. He's like, Oh, you gotta be shitting me. Like, almost
0: impressed with the
2: timing and the levels.
0: But that impressionist fades because she smiles under the the oxygen mask.
2: Oh, yeah. He just keeps basically not quite almost threatening her. But I know what you did. And we know how, where everything stands. And everyone else keeps trying to be like, sir, she can't understand you. And she's
0: grinning. She's grinning. And my question is, how do you fake a stroke? Like, surely at
1: some point they're going to do tests. That was what stood out for me a little, too, is how, how do you actually fake I a stroke? I don't know, but you're the one who claims to almost have them every episode.
0: (laughs) But at some point, they're going to take her to the hospital. They're going to run tests and they're going to know that she didn't have a stroke. But I mean, she knows that she's got to not be in that nursing home where she could be left alone with him because she knows he's going to probably kill her. So Tony tries to go see Dr. Melfi about this because, you know, holy shit, (laughs) he's had a bad day, but she's gone. She's not there anymore.
2: And there's an oncoming storm that right at that moment knocks out the power.
0: Yep. So the Latin American guy who's buffing the floor can no longer buff the floor. <laughs> and I think his radio goes out with his music. Cut to the Soprano family driving through this storm, supposedly trying to go see Aunt Patty, who whoever the fuck that is. And the rain is really heavy and lucky for them, they're nearby Artie's Restaurant. Or they managed to get to Artie's Restaurant because they're in that part of town. And at first, it's like, you know, it seems like Artie's going to turn them away. He's like, oh, you know, I've got my last guests here and I'm closing and da-da-da. And his da, 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 wife
2: like, is standing there, not happy at all. No, and at first I thought it was because I'm like she keeps saying, this, she, "I don't want that those kind of people here." And she sees it's Tony and his family, and she clearly doesn't want them around. And then, like, because Artie's like, yeah, my last few patients, you're thinking, like, a small family or something still sitting in there. They walk inside, and it's his whole fucking crew.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's Paulie and Silvio and Christopher's chilling with Adriana at the bar. But, yeah, Artie has a change of heart, and he's like, yeah, come on in. You know, the, we got gas stoves. I, I can cook you up a little something. And
2: no wonder his wife was so pissed <laughs>
0: So, yeah, we said Paulie and Sylvia are there, and Paulie is just caked in
2: white shit all over his face and heads because of the poison ivy. He's got, like, some medicine. Yep. Oh, God. And now he's the one with an issue with Tony seeing a doctor because he can't wrap his head around the fact that it's a woman. Because Sylvia's like, what the, f- where the fuck is this coming from? You went to therapy. He's like, yeah, but that was a guy. It's different. <laughs> Guys talking guy stuff. Yeah. You can't talk to women about your
0: feelings. What do women know about
2: feelings? God.
0: Sylvia's <laughs> so like, hey, man, you need to get over your fucking issues with women. And second yeah. of all, Tony's going to be the boss. So maybe you need to just get the fuck over any issues you have <laughs> with him in general. So Artie brings out the food that he's been able to cook under these circumstances. And the, the soprano quattro are together. And Tony proposes a toast, telling them that, you know, when they have families of their own, they're going to want to remember the little moments like this right now. And the season ends with them eating in the dark as the storm rages outside as the storm approaches
2: even stronger around them yeah symbology but in such a good way I put symbology in quotes but I knew one of you was gonna (laughs)
1: uh, say damn it this is such a good show that's just how I attained it
0: (laughs) it is so good we had to invent blood cappuccinos just to get a fucking laugh out of this god damn and that was The Sopranos season one And but before we go as millennials we know that every movie and TV show has a moral for us. So, Jules, what did you learn today? Oh, I learned I should never trust the older generation. They're <laughs> up to shit. They will try and kill you. And, John, what did you learn? I'm just going to quote the show. You know what I've learned? Talking helps. Wow, that's refreshingly genuine. And I learned that the best way to help out a friend is by burning down their primary source of income.
1: <laughs> oh, God. It's important
0: you know this. <laughs> exactly so john i need to know where your waste management company is
2: well it's not my company so you know
0: but it is your primary source of income so for now
2: (laughs) for now apparently for now
0: <laughs> <laughs> and before we go we need to tell you what we're doing next time john what do the folks at home have to look forward to the
2: 1995 resurgence of the james bond franchise golden eye oh yeah
0: it's gonna be good and do you have any uh, any reviews for the for the audience at home get them excited
2: i do i have three would you like one that has relevancy or coherency, or both.
1: Can I have one with
0: neither?
2: Uh, no, I something
1: irrelevant and incoherent. That's what we want on our podcast that matches the tone.
2: Well, we'll just put those two together. Okay, relevant yet incoherent. <laughs> Done. Let's let's have that one. If the 1997 video game, I think, I think is in parentheses. If the 1997 video game, I think the movie should be good too. What? <laughs> told you
1: <laughs> that is somehow the greatest and worst review I've ever heard in my life
2: <laughs> coherent and yet not relevant um this was a review for I hear is coherent not relevant famka Jansen is fantastic in the movie model by day full review wow
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: these are people in our universe
0: I was about to say i weep for the species And that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. Links to both of those are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.